Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This meeting is now being recorded. Recorded live. <laughs> uh, that's a beautiful thing, getting recorded on two different ends. You gotta love it. Um, actually, I ought to do that with all of the calls. That way, if anything ever gets lost, uh, there'll be a second source for it. But anyway, thank you folks for coming and joining us this evening on the Matrix Discussion Group from Tactical Sovereignty. Um, we're going to have returned guests tonight uh, from the General Post, from the government, government for the United States of America. Uh, not the one that you got up thinking that was over all of us. Um, the system that's been put over us has really just been a facade that nobody really comprehends, and that's part of the confusion I think that people have in life nowadays uh, when they're dealing with things as far as the state of the government goes. Um, you know, like I said last week, you know, we used to put out the disclaimer that you know this isn't legal advice, da da da, and I still stand on what I said last week that, you know, we're not going to get any legal or lawful advice from um, an attorney, for one. Um, they're not going to give us the whole scoop because they don't know the whole scoop. We're definitely not going to give it to a judge. I mean, how many times have we heard a judge say that I can't give you the advice? You know, we've got to get out, research, delve into things, and help each other out. And teach each other because that's the only way people are going to learn. That's the only way that the people on this land are going to waken to the truth of the matter of what's happening and where they're at. Um, like I said, the most important thing that everybody needs to focus on is finding out where they're from, where they really are, and who they are. Those three things right there will turn all the lights on for you. So anyway, without much further ado, I'm um, going to bring on our guests this evening. And, you know, like I had said uh, when we were on the call with them here several months ago, you know, the only disclaimer I would have is that if anybody starts talking to you about sovereignty or free men on the land or, you know, patriot movement stuff or whatever, um, run screaming because it's going to turn your life upside down. It's going to make you start looking at things as they really are, and it'll blow your mind. And it will change your life the way you think. It'll change the relationships around you, and eventually for the better. But at first, it kind of makes everything go topsy-turvy on you. So uh, we've got Keith on tonight from the government for the United States of America in the General Post, and he's going to be sharing with us what they're doing and to me, what I feel is really the only solution to things. I've watched all different types of organizations and different movements and things people are trying to do, and they all just seem to be missing some crucial points. And when I came across this website and started reading their info and everything, it was like, gosh, they've got all the corners nailed down, you know, as far as 
dealing maybe with the driver's license or dealing with the postal address. It, it got everything, to me, it looks very well tight, very, very tight. And when people go there, there's you know. one complaint that I have heard from a lot of people is, they're like, well, I, I'm seeing words like resident and driver, and they're using all these terms that, that it's legalese. Well, no. The definitions that have been afforded us have been legalese. What these gentlemen are doing is they are using what would be the common language to the common man. No hidden agenda. It's the bottom line. No hidden agenda. So if people go there and you're reading their information and looking through the site there, don't get freaked out by saying some of those words because those words mean what they're really supposed to mean not what the hidden agenda wants you to think it means. So with that being said, Keith, how are you doing this evening? Good. How are you? We, we Wonderful. Have, uh, yeah, it's, funny that you, it's funny that you say that because we get that sometimes too. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'll, they'll tell us it. And, and uh, we're a government, so we operate as a government. That's just how it is. But we're not here to use your estate or use it or to uh, borrow credit off of it to borrow credit from foreign creditors does that make sense yeah yeah absolutely because that's what the current so-called government does you know they're actually a, a corporation running things according to corporate policy and that's what people don't realize they are literally the, the old virginia company they're just doing business as the united states of america and the united states right now um, the United States is actually uh, the, the company that does business as is on Manhattan Island. That's a sovereign nation. Believe it or not, U.S. citizens are the only ones that don't know that. The rest of the, the world does. One of our guys uh, was down in uh, South America, and he was talking to a guy, and he said, did you know that Manhattan Island was a nation unto itself? And he goes, yeah. He says, I'm surprised you know that. He said, that's supposed to be a huge secret. You know, and that's one of the uh, points I want to touch on with you. I had like three or four things written down that I wanted to talk to you about. And one of the things that people need to realize is, you know, there's two systems kind of running side by side. Well, one has been dormant or at least very well hidden and unseen. And what this is is kind of bringing that back to life again and bringing it back to use again. And, you know, very commonly in like the patriot movements, you hear people talk about expatriating and things like that. Well, what this is in my mindset is not expatriating, it's repatriating. Because we've been pulled off from the original jurisdiction that we were supposed to be in. And we've been, in a way, maneuvered or tricked into following another jurisdiction. And that's the info that, you know, our guest is going to be bringing with us tonight. And I said, that was one of the things I wanted to touch on was the difference between to you, and I've heard you speak on it before, but I just wanted you know, to let some of these uh, callers hear it, is the difference between a citizen of the U.S. versus a U.S. citizen. If you could expound on that. Okay, the U.S. citizen, is, uh, if I remember right, I think was created in 1955. It was done just after the treaty or the Bar Treaty was written. The Bar Treaty was written, um, uh, I think it was 1947 or 48, and it was 
a treaty with the United Nations so that lawyers would, um, would be able to represent the United Nations. So essentially every, every court you go into with, where there's an American Bar Association member, you're looking at an international court. Everybody would say, oh, those are admiralty courts. They're not admiralty courts. I don't know why people say that. They're not. I've been through that whole thing. Um, most of the things that people say, we've already been through. We've gone through those groups. We've gone through all that uh, information, and that's not what they are. So <clears throat> they they have issues with <laughs> – they have a lot of issues and a lot of things that are going on around, uh, you know, out there, that, but that basically confuses people. Essentially, what you just said was – you were trafficked. That's called international trafficking. When you're trafficked from one venue, and, and a venue means a meets and bounds to another, even if it's on paper, and even if you're in the same area, that's still technically trafficking. Trafficking of persons. That's why they only deal with persons. So what happened was, is they moved, they have two books, just to keep it as, 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 uh, um, as easy as possible to, to get a picture in your head. They took your name out of one book and put it in another. And that's as simple as that. And, and when they did that, everything changes. Because internationally and dealing with meets and bounds and seaward boundaries, uh, people say, I'm a sovereign man on the land. Run. Get away from there. Because just uh, what, what that what that statement literally means is you uh, you landlocked yourself, which is an illegal move. There's no such thing as a sovereign man. In international law, there are sovereigns, uh, uh, there are uh, independent and sovereign states. The people that are elected to run the government, they are the sovereign. That's what, that's what the law of nations says. And all nations were built under the law of nations because the United Nations Charter just became a part of the of the Law of Nations. It wasn't. It didn't take it over. The Law of Nations is how a nation is built and what the, the characteristics of the international person. Um, just uh, for instance, if you say the word France, everybody knows the word France. France is an international person. The people that are elected into its uh, its government, those are the sovereigns. All that power came from the people. So what happened? Is, what happens is, if they, if someone from France, this is where all confusion part comes in, especially with the internet. If somebody was is uh, in France and they want to do business with somebody in Spain, they actually are supposed to go through each other's Secretary of State to make that happen. You can't just set up set up stuff like the, the, uh, that they're doing today on the internet, uh, where a citizen from Spain will contract with a citizen from uh, France or a business from France and those two um, uh, they, the, the contract takes over so basically they both made their their under the contract they both made their company stateless you have to be very careful today especially with the internet on how, how you operate so that all came from just the simple statement sovereign man on the land just that right there brings it all the way up to international law, and we'll bring it all the way up to uh, explaining the differences between meets and bounds, boundaries and borders. 
There's a lot of noise there. On yeah, and that, yeah, very well could be me. That touched on something that I wanted to uh, have you touch on, which was the meets and bounds. And I think, you know, I don't know if I heard it from you or where I was reading it at, but it was discussing um, a statute of limitations on the Constitution as well. Um, and I, I just thought of that because as far as the meets and bounds, um, the Constitution didn't set up any meets and bounds. I mean, if we buy a piece of property and say there's rules for the property, da da da, well, listed in there is going to be, okay, this property uh, runs down this boundary and then along another boundary, you know, uh, there's a body of water on this part of it, you know what I mean? And nothing like that was ever written in as far as um, the Constitution or any document that I've ever seen. Right. They didn't, um, uh, back then, all of the meets and bounds were in the deeds of the people. So if you have the legal description, um, and by, by, by what they mean by legal, uh, and I believe the uh, lawyers have really uh, trashed that word. Uh, legal is not a bad word. Uh, law is not a bad word, uh, or law for, or legal is not, this legalese, this, this, that. Just because somebody uses it and trashes it and uses it for evil does not mean that it's bad. So when you're dealing with entities, in other words, when you're dealing with the name of a country or a name of a state, you know, most people say, well, I'm, I'm a living man and I, uh, I'm not a de- the dead man or I'm not the dead state and all this other stuff. Well, then they're just pretty much throwing the Bible out uh, into the, uh, in, you know, just throwing it in the ocean. That's all they're doing. Because Legal entities have been created all the way through from uh, Genesis all the way to, uh, uh, oh, what's the last book? Re- Revelation. <clears throat> that It's all in there. That's what the Israel nation was. That's what Israel is. That's what all these countries are. So when we say the word legal, we're only talking about entities, and we're, we're talking about a much wider picture than what most people are used to seeing. Much like um, uh, they'll say, I don't believe in legal entities, but yet they put the state of so and so on their paperwork. Well, if you didn't believe in it, why'd you put it on there? <laughs> so it becomes hypocritical. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then you know, oh, I'm a living, I'm a living being. You know, well, great. Well, I'm, you know, so are we. But really, what we're talking about here is we're talking about classification. Okay, so if they if they change the class the classification of an entity and or a book, then you've got a problem. They're trying to mask something. That's when something becomes evil, and that's when something becomes uh, nefarious. And essentially, what happened is is let's go back to the meets and bounds. What they did was the Virginia Company could only claim uh, one area, which would be the District of Columbia. That's all they that's all they could do, and they could only put it in a district. They didn't have state uh, authority, and they still don't have it, even though they did it. In the, uh, they tried to change it by statute in 1864. It's still illegal, either way you look at it. So any state that is includes the District of Columbia is an illegal state. 
if they recognize the District of Columbia as a state, it becomes a state within a state. That's called changing the venues, changing the meets and bounds. You, today, uh, they have U.S. states, um, and those U.S. states are called city states. So like begets like. You can't get uh, you can't get a, a chicken from two ducks. So when you have a three-city state empire, all they can do is recognize more city states. So the city of Washington, the city of London, and Vatican started recognizing the cities over here as independent cities. Wow, that sounded like a gunshot. It was done in Greece to go tree itself. They can pick up the lung on there. Um, so if that explains um, uh, just a little bit about the arguments that you have on one level actually define or are defined much, uh, on a much uh, larger scale internationally. Uh, Keith, that brings me to something um, that... Yeah, 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 I'm right here. That brings me to something also... I, I, I keep hearing people talk about and everything, and I, I find it really frustrating. And you know, there was um, a, a video of whatever um, I don't know, guy who lived out in the woods, or what I don't know if it was Alaska or where he was at, but it, he was in court and he was yelling at the judge, you know, I'm a living, breathing man, my blood flows, da da da, and. Then I hear people talking about, you know, rebutting this presumption of being a corporation and this and that. And, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but and what I've studied and learned, and um, you, you kind of mentioned it there in, in changing, uh, not necessarily, uh, you didn't use the word venue, but um, kind of changing the capacity you're operating in. And that's where the fraud would lay at. And that's actually what I've really come to uh, believe is that what they are really doing, for instance, say if you're in a court setting, is that they are placing you in a position of acting as agent for an organization that they created. And it's about capacity to me. And they're looking at you as operating in a different capacity than what you really think or even are aware of if that makes any sense. They're assuming member they're, they're they're assuming membership. But they don't want to admit that because they don't want to tell the taxpayers and the voters that they turned their public court into a private membership association working under a charter of the judges that is um, uh, based in Roma, Italy. That's a mouthful right there. It's a huge mouthful. They don't want you to realize that they're in a private membership association. That's something I want to ask you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say that's something I want to ask you about as well, because you know we've we've looked at the whole three city state thing and look at the bar being positioned in city of London. Is the bar still in the city of London, or is it in Roma, Italy as well, where the judges' organizations at? They are still in, in London, England, yeah. 
We, we looked them up the other day, and they still uh, uh, re reside there under the international bar. So the American bar is subjected to the international bar. And really what it is, is just a bunch of kings that got together, especially from the Netherlands. The Netherlands is the highest king, by the way. He's the one that set up a lot of these monarchs. He even set up Hawaii's monarch, believe it or not. They still fly his flags, his company flags. But um, uh, he, um, uh, all they do is they're just doing business here. That's it. There's nothing more to it. They're just doing business. They, whenever somebody tries to fight that business, then they start messing with them. Hey, you're doing this, you're doing that. And really what it comes down to is you really have to do your own thing. That's what we figured out. We're just doing our own thing. We went back to our own country, and we started setting up our own commerce and our own money and our own everything. That's what it takes. So instead of arguing with them, just do your own thing. If you want to call yourself a judge or a justice, fine. That's great. No, no problem. Put together a charter. Put together rules. Get voters in there, people that want to vote you to be their justice. And preside to, in uh, um, a neutral capacity, to resolve arguments and problems. You have no problem with that. But don't go over there and start saying, here, I'm, you, you guys are a private company, and since you suck, it's okay for us to trespass on your business. That's not true at all. So if you want to call yourself something, that's great. <clears throat> call yourself a justice or whatever. If you, um, uh, if you want to use the state constitution, prove that the individuals that are claiming to use it are actually using it. If they're not using it, then you have the authority to say, okay, this thing's been abandoned. Let's put this in the newspaper. We're going to claim it and wait 90 days. And if nobody objects, you're good to go. Now you've got yourself a state constitution. We are, are uh, uh, what we did was, is they had no meets and bounds in any of the state constitutions. So we claim to be meets and bounds of all of the states and put them in a trust. We kept it there for safekeeping until we have people that are waking up, which is happening now, and what we do, and you realize they were trafficked, and then when that one video you were talking about on the T-Row show, um, you were saying that the, the map said a thousand words, and it actually did, absolutely did, and want to come back to the original states of the Union. The only way to do that is to come through what was originally uh, designated as the national government that the states back then had designated as the national government, and they... Uh, all of the people coming from overseas would go through the United States of America to get to one of the states. So all we're doing is exactly what's supposed to be done. If you go to, if you go to Belize, you have to address the national government become a, a resident there. By the way, it costs $15,000 if you want to be a resident there. That $15,000 is a bond. And you're, you have residency for five years. If you uh, and that contracts you with the Belize legislature. So they're saying if you can follow our laws for five years, we'll offer citizenship to you. And that bond, uh, if you violate the law over there, then you lose the bond 
and you lose your residency and you have to go. That's how they operate. Now, five years, you can become a citizen. You have to put up another $15,000 bond, and you have citizenship for life. And you're contracted with that legislature. Now, here, it's a lot different because you have 50 different states within one union. And you have a foreign Virginia company that is consistently um, it's a perpetual military occupation in the state. That's that's where the problem is. So uh, under a military occupation, you can't necessarily have a vetted citizenship. That same military government cannot, um, military rule, I guess, is lack of a better term than government, um, military occupier cannot take away your original national identity. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, highly illegal for them to do that. So now what what I mean by uh, a perpetual military occupation is that you do not have a president of the United States of America. There has never been a president of the United States of America under the 1789 Constitution. The only, everybody here would acknowledge and accept that, you. I mean, even uh, with Obama, remember he had to take two different oaths, he screwed up and everything, they had to do his oath again as president of the United States. That was on his second right. term because they didn't believe that he was actually, you know, he would actually take it. <laughs> Nobody believed it. There was a big conspiracy thing going on there. And but once he did take it again, everybody believed, okay, he's the president of the United States. Now, where is the oath of office for the president of the United States of America? There isn't one. It doesn't exist. They in the United States, meaning Manhattan Island and the District of Columbia, they establish a president of the United States, but they do not establish the president of the United States of America. The only thing left is the commander-in-chief. And there's a six-star title called General General of the Armies. Now, I'm not talking about General of the Army. I'm saying that General of the Army is the General of the Army. He's a five-star general. He's the General of the Army. You have General of the Armies, which is A-R-M-I-E-S. And that is what everybody knows as the Commander-in-Chief. And the people are recognized under the Second Second Amendment of that charter, of the Virginia Company Charter, which is a militia. So essentially, you were all recognized by that charter as being militia. The only way to be recognized as a citizen of the United States is to take an oath and affirmation to one of its municipalities as a citizen of the municipality, which is one of the city states. Then um, what happens is, is then you're eligible to become a citizen of the state and of the United States. It just shows an intent. Then what happens is you are able to get a a dividend check every year uh, based on the company, uh, company profits. And we have absolutely verified from office holders, 
uh, guys like um, uh, that were uh, that were county commissioners and things like that, they do get dividend checks every year because they are considered citizens. Now, if you don't take any oath or affirmation or anything of that nature, civilian government always overrides military. So you're considered a militia. And when you become, when you start fighting them, that is rebellion by militia. Now, I'm not, you have to understand how I'm saying this because it's, it's, it's not how or what you think you are. It's how that document recognizes you. For instance, Articles of Confederation um, amended August 5th, 2015, recognizes three statuses. A resident, it recognizes an American national, and it recognizes an American national who is also a general postmaster. Those are the only three statuses it recognizes. It recognizes. Now, if you want to come out and say, uh, I'm a sovereign man on the land, and it's not sitting in any charter, then there is no such thing, and it becomes a fraud. Because no charter recognizes sovereign man on the land. It doesn't, it, it's not written in there. If it's not written in there, you're, you have no standing. You have no legal right to enforce. As it was said before Go ahead, um, yeah as it was said before too if you have no flag to stand under other than theirs then you stand under their law period there's no if ands or buts about it they'll presume and assume if you don't have another flag if you want to use the peace flag that's a surrender flag to me <laughs> I don't think well, that's, that, that's assuming that you were at war and you weren't so if you were never at war there's no reason to surrender So there's, there's um, you know, our general post office recognizes different offices. Um, our government recognizes different offices. Now, if a state conference and sees Secretary of State, now if we put the Secretary of State's office in there, there is no such office. We only, uh, it only recognizes the office of the Secretary of State, and we do not change that. Anybody that, that changes something and says, so I'm going to the Secretary of State's office, which, where is that? There's no address for it. It is not recognized in the Articles of Confederation. It is not recognized anywhere, and you just made up your own office, and now you went rogue. That's what going rogue is. So when somebody says, I'm a judge, okay, great. Wonderful. I'm glad you're a judge. Now, what we need to know is we need to see your charter because there's different types of judges. So if we can take a look at your charter to see what charter that charter recognizes, meaning its constitution, bylaws, things like that, then we know where you are. In other words, we know how to approach you. We know who to talk to. Do you have a clerk or do you have a scribe? Okay, two different things. Completely different offices. We just need to know if your charter recognizes that, if it's written in your charter. Now, was your charter uh, written? And uh, did people come in and uh, as a compact, under a compact agreement? So you guys made a compact agreement, which we all had here. And then you write your charter, <clears throat> which is your constitution. And we then you don't start changing offices around and making stuff up outside your charter. People will begin to take you seriously if it's properly published. 
It doesn't matter whether you have a red fingerprint. It doesn't matter whether it's in blue. It just matters if you signed it. And it matters if there's an oath or, uh, or affirmation there. Because the only type of government in the world that does not recognize the BFP is a dictatorship. So it's illegal. That's why North Korea has an illegal government. Because he doesn't, he, he even uh, changed time, made himself a deity. That's what happened to him. And that's why everybody doesn't like him, because he's, he's, uh, he's made himself a god over his people. And if he was a god, then why did his dad die? Gods don't die. <laughs> so it doesn't make any sense. So if that, if that helps, uh, we're hoping that that message gets across to people. And if they find that their charter in their county has been uh, abandoned, or has been changed without the authority of the people voting in, voting in the change, then you can call foul and you can say, what we're going to do is, since it wasn't done that way, what we're going to do is we're going to reinstate the people are, come together in compact agreement, you can reinstate your original charter. And once you do that, you'll have to sign it. And then you have to have elections within six months. You start your political party. Then you can have elections, and you can meet every week to, to uh, organize all this. And uh, you even have the right to set up your own ordinances, your own laws, all that stuff. It's called uh, There's such a charter called as a home rule charter that all the states, um, uh, all the rogue states right now recognize. And they, uh, uh, they left that opening for people like yourselves that are voluntarily going back to your original country and saying, look, I, I, you know, the, the New World Order was a good idea. Um, it was probably very idealistic. It wasn't really thought out in reality on how it would actually play out. And most of your ideas, guys, over here in this New World Order are kind of sick in a way. You guys are a little bit, you know, twisted in the head. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back to our original country, and we're going to vet ourselves. Okay, we're going to bet ourselves all the way back to the Declaration of Independence, and then before that, we're going to bet ourselves all the way back to um, uh, all the way back to Genesis, Genesis one. Okay, and once we bet ourselves all the way back there, then we're going to say, okay, now um, uh, we have our independence back. The people are independent. The government itself is a, a sovereign nation and the people elected into the government are the sovereign. That's how it all works. So that's how this government is set up. See, there was one guy, I think he claimed to be a, he claimed to be a judge, or he was a justice. It was actually came to my personal email. Um, he claimed to be a justice, and uh, under uh, these for the United States of America, which was a lowercase t, I think, and lowercase u. And, yes, it was written that way in the Declaration of Independence. Now, we'll give you 10000 bucks if you can find that Constitution, because that Constitution was never written. So about 10000 something else. Okay? Then you have these United States of America and the Declaration of Independence. You have these United States of America 
in that Declaration of Independence, and then in the in the paragraph below, it says the United States of America. So the, the name of the country or the nation these guys were creating changed in the same document. Now, who was stoned when they were writing that? Because we all know they were hemp farmers. <laughs> all of them? They didn't pay attention to it. How could you make that big of a mistake in such a, a, a very a, such an important document? It should have read these United States at the top and then of America, and then these United States of America, if you're going to reference it again, in the same document. But they changed it right in the middle of the document. So what we had to do was when we went back to it, we uh, <clears throat> we claimed it, signed it, put it there in, in the newspaper. Hey, we're signing the Declaration of Independence. We're all going to sign this thing. Okay? And we're going to fix this legal problem that you have. Because England has maintained over and over it was an illegal problem. And they were right. It was. Ever since we fixed it, they stopped claiming it was illegal. Because what we said was, these United States of America, as amended to, the United States of America, as amended to the United States of America, which is under the Articles of Confederation. We had to fix that. Then realized that the Treaty of Paris had nothing to do with the Articles of Confederation. That was under the Virginia Company doing business as the 1789 Constitution. That what didn't even exist for another six years, by the way. Then they tried to convince everybody that they had um, uh, they had replaced the Articles of Confederation, but when you look at it, you can tell. I mean, anybody that with any form of reading skills can figure out that, that they didn't replace it at all. And you have diehard people today, man, diehard, that that just love that Constitution, not realizing it's an illegal one because it perpetually invades or perpetually occupies other states militarily. And you can't do that. That's illegal. You have to give the states a way out. So even if you did have your constitution in place and everybody was following it and you got your rights and you've got all the things that you believe that you had, okay, it would still be illegal because there is no president of the United States of America. Second, the people of the United States in the preamble were establishing and ordaining a constitution for the United States of America, of which they did not have the right to do. They didn't have power of attorney to do that. So there were a lot of problems in there, and all we were doing is going back and fixing them. And we did. And now we have residents growing every day. Uh, The map keeps getting bigger and bigger. We have different classifications and and, um, uh, because uh, Canada needs help right now, so the Canadians need help, so we offered that to the original union. We offered residency to them, and they have been coming on, uh, at least the ones that are awake. Now they're talking about ousting their uh, their president or their prime minister because they realize the, guys, uh, the guy uh, committed treason by joining a foreign nation, which was Islam. He joined Islam's foreign nation, foreign to Canada. So uh, how can your prime minister join or say he's, he's a Muslim? Not in a religion, guys. That's a foreign nation. <clears throat> Can't do that. 
Well, that, that's actually that's actually a military that's actually a military uh, move, isn't it, Islam? Yeah, he is absolutely one hundred percent guilty of treason against against Canada. Um, the people can legally, okay, right now, and I'm not saying they, they, to do this, and I'm, it's really none of our business on how they're doing it. We're just helping through the original union. They could literally execute him uh, legally, and there's nothing they can do about it. Because and not not to say they're going to, not to say they, 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 uh, that they have, but legally they could. <clears throat> and not one other country could get involved in it or stop it in any way because he did commit treason. You know, look, Keith, um, I'm sure we're going to have a plethora of questions here for you and stuff. And uh, before we open it up for question and answer time, um, I'd like you to uh, plug the website where people can go and look over the info that you're talking about if they want to read through stuff um, while you're speaking or, or check it out later on. And then uh, after Keith gives us uh, the location of that site, um, we're going to open this up for Q&A. And I just ask that um, people do your best not to step on each other and just open up with, uh, if I may, and let us know. Uh, who you are and where you are located. Uh, so if you want to uh, let us know where we can find that site at for the government for the United States of America, Keith. Okay, it's um, governmentoftheunitedstatesofamerica.international. It's, it's all, uh, don't put INT. We're not a part of, um, uh, of the U.N. So UN uses INT, we use international spelled out. So it's government of the United States of America dot international, and that is where we have all of our links. Links to everything. Now we we are uh, we have a couple of new websites that are going to be put up there that are still in the in, in the workings. We have continental.army, uh, where people can join and get automatic American national status. When they take the oath there, and we have uh, uh, we have the GPEC site still already open. That's already linked in, and you can uh, open up a store there for free if you'd like to open up a store and start using the Continental Dollar. And we have another one which is the Continental Public Bank. I still have some coding to do on that, and when that's done, I'm going to be doing a big uh, push on that. <clears throat> the Continental Public Bank. We got HTTPS on. We got a secure socket layer on it, and what we're trying to do is connect it to GPEX, so you guys can go ahead and move money back and forth. So markets, a couple of markets have, have opened up on that site, and we're waiting for more. We need more people to come, to come on there. You have the option of using USD, which is not recognized by its constitution, by the way. Um, uh, that that money is not recognized. Um, uh, silver certificates are recognized by that constitution, but not um, not uh, Federal Reserve notes. So you you will be able to do that, but that has nothing to do with GPEX. Okay, that's that's going to be something you do on your own if you want to sell things there uh, and use them uh, under USD. And that's specifically stated in the uh, in the Articles of Organization. So just you know, fair warning: you can do that and then slowly move over to Continentals if you'd like to do it that way. That's what a lot of people are doing. We have a food supplier coming on um, here in just a little while uh, that will sell food for continental dollars. And we're looking for more and more industry 
to come in, uh, manufacturers and things like that. And eventually, I would like to, uh, my, me personally, would like to get with the oil companies and uh, make a deal with them. Your gravity meter is on. Please wait. Please apply blood oh. into the test strip. Hold on a second, guys. Okay. Uh, we would like to make some deals with the oil industry to, um, to start accepting continental dollars. Uh, some of the electric companies have taken it. Coal companies have taken it. Uh, it's been here. So it's that sounds like somebody's trying to uh, a hair dryer on. Yeah, hair dryer or a something. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> but anyways, um, so if you go there, Government of the United States of America uh, dot international, that has links to everything. You can go take a look at it, uh, check it out. We also have, I just almost forgot, we have a, um, a help desk. Do you remember the um, the URL on that, Tom, the help desk? It was generalpostoffice.net. Oh, God, you had to ask me. I'm not sure. It I could be. I believe it's generalpostoffice.net. Okay, and that's a help desk. And anybody can go on there and then uh, submit a question. And then what we'll do is we'll answer it under whatever category it's there. We're trying to get that um, that website up and, and uh, to where people can uh, ask questions or go there for information. Yeah, I just posted that Friday. I just posted that Friday into Tactical Sovereignty. That is a dot .net. Dot .net. Yeah, you're right. Yes, it is. Yep. Okay. I just and checked it too. Please keep in mind, folks, that your red, white, and blue flag is a company flag. This has been verified by ex-military and everything. Most of the ex-military guys, especially in special forces, are told it's a company. They know this. And what we're doing is going. We went back to our original government and then revamped it to where it operates. We didn't do it to take over as a dictatorship and ah, we're a government and all that. <laughs> That's not, there's no there's not a whole lot of glory in that. Right, Tom? <laughs> yeah, and the pay really sucks, too. <laughs> <laughs> the hours are long, frustrating, and, uh, well, we I could go on and on and on about all that. but <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're long, frustrating. We do get um, a lot of people that, come up and they, they try to treat us as if we're a company. Um, there's, they're coming up, uh, uh, what benefits, you know, what, where's the social security and all that? Well, we have a social assistance um, number and we have a social assistance act, but we don't have really enough people to even run the, uh, run the act under the uh, Office of the Secretary of State. So we're, we're getting more and more people in, but uh, less and less of them are trying to become general postmasters, and most of them are actually just uh, going as an American national. And then the main issue they're trying to do is get the driver's license because most of them are suspended because they fought the system. And yes, we're able to get cars and vehicles out of their registrar and um, registration uh, system. What's that? Sorry, speaking of which, um, I just got that contact information for a guy who was doing that USA DOT mm-hmm. and he's asking questions about it. Remember that? Yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to be getting a hold of him in the next couple of days, but um, 
even that fell down the drain. And the reason why was is because it was a trespass. I don't know what happened to the guy in general, but I'm sure he got nabbed for something. Well, that was Anthony Troy. Yeah, that was Anthony Troy Williams, and I believe he's in jail in California right now for practicing law without a license. Okay, so I think Carl Brider was another one that deals in the U.S. DOT. Right, and the U.S. DOT guys is a that's a that's a company brand. You can't just make one up and say, "Well, we're we're de jure near de facto." That doesn't work that way. That's 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 not how that works. <laughs> Go watch the um, uh, uh, the one commercial where the woman is putting pictures on her wall, and the other woman says, "This, this is not how any of this works. It just doesn't work this way." Okay, so you can't go and say we're the USDOT. That's a that's their company brand, and like you said, we don't mind that they do business here. That are the original government who has first in time, first in right does not mind that the company is here. What we do mind is that when if if we run into an issue where somebody has brought in a lot of baggage, um, meaning they've got a bunch of court cases and crap going on because they've been fighting, and number one, that particular individual tries to use this government as a weapon to fight his war, okay, which we don't we don't get along with them. That this doesn't happen. And second, um, if we have a local police officer that does not understand what he's doing, uh, trespass all over us and try to trap us back. Okay, those are the two issues that we have uh, with them, if they try it. They normally don't, but sometimes it happens depending on the situation. But in the end, eventually, they they, uh, they they let them go, and that's it. That's the end of it. It takes them a while to uh, not you know to admit that they were wrong, but uh, uh, you know, but it can be done. But we do it legally. We don't we don't go and place liens on them and and here you pissed me off and you didn't do what I told you to do, so uh, this is what I'm going to do to you in retaliation. It doesn't work that way. Okay, I think so, the bottom line. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say I think the bottom line is that w- what's happened here uh, with what people think is the United States is that you know we've been infiltrated uh, essentially from within by the Bar Association and they're here doing business as the United States and you know we need to look at them in that same manner is that they're here doing business just like you know Walmart down the street might be doing business or the Sunoco station across the street might be doing business and we have a choice of who we choose to contract with and do business with and what you've done is set things up the way they were originally intended and the way it's supposed to be set up and so people are are left with a choice do you want to follow this um, other de facto system that's just here doing business on the land or on do you want to contract with uh, this system for the general post for the United States of America? Right, yeah. See, like our driver's licenses are, are, are uh, easily recognized. Uh, we, can, uh, we can rent 
trucks and we can rent cars and we can do all that stuff. All our credentials are recognized. Now, the reason is, is because we, uh, this government recognizes the intangible property rights of the individual. So when we when we set up our department of transport our department of transportation, what we did was anything. Here, I'll wait for them to. Did they? Go ahead, did they? Uh, whoever is there? Can you mute them out? Um. So yeah, I can go to mute, and I just want to make sure, like, it doesn't mute you. I don't think it will. I think you're on a different line. Um, okay. Okay, so what point. we've got is, um, uh, what we've got is, is that we recognize intangible property rights. So here's your traffic issue that most people are uh, having a hard time articulating. They understand it. They just don't know how to say it. So what, let's get down to the... Uh, you know, brass tacks, as they, all, uh, as they always say. You, you have a right to travel. Every state recognizes that. It's called a matter of right. It's the uh, use of the public highways as a matter of right. You can find this in every state. They all recognize that intangible property right. That's called an intangible property right. I'll give you, for instance, on that. Uh, say you're coming out of the store, and what do you do? If it's a large parking lot, what are you looking for? You're looking for your car. Now, why would you look for your car and not just anybody else's car? Why can't you just get in somebody else's car and take it? It's because you're infringing upon the intangible property right of somebody else to a particular vehicle. That's the very definition of ownership. So, Going back on our identification, too, when I went down to remove my uh, well, I've removed three from their system already to move it, to ship it out of country. They recognize our driver's license and ID card down there. That's at the DMV. Now, once you get to get get your uh, your vehicle uh, shipped out of country, then it's no longer in their jurisdiction. Therefore, they can't uh, touch it when you when it's on the road. Provide providing you you've got. Uh, your liability covered to where your their property won't be damaged and not paid for when you uh, screw up out there. Right, and this is how we do it. Now, now American nationals can travel, okay, with American national uh, ID cards. Not not an issue. The problem they're going to have is putting private plates on it, and um, uh, you're going to have local police who are um, basically UN agencies. Is all they are they're going to be saying, hey, you can't go around doing this, okay? There's no structure here. We don't have anybody we can complain to if you have a problem. If you hit one of our people, um, if you hit one of our vehicles, anything like that, then they're going to have a complaint. So what we do is, <clears throat> it's, even though it's voluntary, uh, basically everybody that said they would never get a driver's license again that were American nationals um, uh, uh, clamored after this deal because it was such a good deal. The reason is, is because, number one, it's voluntary. Number two, it's contractual. Number three, you're covered by a $750,000 bond. Now, our treasurer um, declared a human right to the value of 750000 legal tender. We don't care which legal tender it is. It's legal tender. Okay, we have uh, continental dollars. We have legal tender. All debt, public and private. So, 
since that is a human right, intangible property and right to own property is also a human right. So therefore, the um, uh, the contract goes like this: you come in, you become, a, uh, you you do your resident declaration. Resident declarations are absolute. Nobody can argue those as political uh, decisions. It's it's even absolute in uh, in the Virginia Company and any of its agencies, okay, and the United Nations. It's the way it works. Number two, you want to get a driver's license. Great, no problem. Um, first of all, uh, do you recognize that you do have the authority to t- uh, take a an American National ID card and operate? Uh, uh, you can travel on that. You know that. Yes. Okay. So we all know that what you're doing is voluntarily voluntary. We have to establish this. So you're not being forced to do this. Okay. Second, <clears throat> you go over and take a driver's test. Get your driver's test done. Then you have to go to our registrar. And you have to um, uh, uh, make an appointment with her to sign your contract. It's a 30 page contract. It says you're going to follow the rules of the road. You're going to follow the speed limits. You're going to stop at a stop sign. You're, all your lights are going to be in order. You're not going to be out there in bald tires. And, um, uh, and you're going to um, uh, act accordingly, according to the contract. <clears throat> Once that's signed, now you have your bond. Okay? Because at the time of the signing of the contract, what you're going to do is you're going to transfer your intangible property right to the use of the public highways to the Department of Transportation. Then what they're going to do is they're going to license that back to you under a 30-page contract, 30-32, I think, 30-page contract. The contract's right there. You're, you're, you can read it all you want. It just makes sense. It's like anybody else's uh, contract. Then that then what the Department of Transportation can do is they're going to give it to Treasury, and Treasury is going to uh, value, declare the value of your intangible property to seven hundred fifty thousand. Then you're going to go back and you're going to sign a bond, a surety bond. Okay. Now you can do that under a company. You can do that under a private membership association. Uh, you can also do it under your person. You don't do it directly or individually. You can do it under an, a, a person because why? Because that's what the Articles of Confederation recognizes in dealing with contracts. After that, you're able to go and register your vehicle. You have to register your vehicle first. Then you can go over to the DMV, turn in your uh, uh, your title. You get a new title, and you get a um, uh, a tag for the car. That's simple, but it's done right because your intangible property is recognized. Think of it this way, guys. You cannot in any way, shape, or form issue a license unless property has been transferred. That's an absolute in law. Something has to be transferred to somebody else so they can license it back to you. I'll say that again. Property has to be transferred to somebody else to license it back to you. If intangible property is not recognized in a contract, there is no license. It doesn't exist. So 
so you can't come back and say, I have a right to travel. What you can say is, there is no license because my right to travel has not been transferred to the DMV for them to license it back to me. If you have a form to fill out that I can transfer that property over and you can license it back to me, I want to know what I'm going to get for that property. A rental fee, leasing fee, what are you going to get them? If you're treated fairly, um, I held. I, I was uh, in, a part of putting the whole uh, BOT together, and I love the idea. I got a driver's license myself. I didn't mind that our DOT has uh, uh, my intangible property rights to the use of public highway. I don't care. I get covered for 750 grand for anything I do. That's a benefit. That's a good thing. That's to my benefit. And the DOT is actually surety under the contract. They're the ones responsible that you you follow the road, the rules. So it's an awesome deal. Now, why the states can't do that, we have no idea. Why the lawyers can't figure that out, that they would have no issues with traffic if they just did that, because most of their drivers are all unlicensed or suspended. Their contract was, um, well, if you get a driver's license, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to guarantee that you get a trial before we suspend it. That's their deal. That's like saying, um, <clears throat> we're going to guarantee that we're going to hurt you before we take your license. <laughs> now, if you're going to treat people like that, you're going to get people fighting back. If you're going to treat people like that, then you get what you deserve. But our DOT, well, if I, go ahead. I was going to say, if I may, uh, you know, but I think that with everything that they do, that is the intention, is to keep these little battles going on and keep people busy with worrying about their driver's license and having to run to court and, and pay tickets and things like that. It just it helps them still feel that boot on their neck, if, I, if that makes sense. It, it shows a, a certain period of superiority. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. However, um, you would probably get a whole lot of more cooperation if it was done correctly. I, I wouldn't have had any issue. It would have never brought, I would have never brought it up. I would have said, well, hey, man, they, they've got my intangible property. They valued it at 250000 I'm covered for that. And good to go. I have no issues with it. And they wouldn't either. However, the private insurance companies would be losing a lot of money. The politicians that bought the stocks in the insurance companies would be losing a lot of money. So there is your fraud. There's your problem. Exactly. That's where the rub lies because we've got these lobbyists and everything that are out there just wanting to make a buck for themselves. And as are the people that are sitting on Capitol Hill uh, being paid off by these lobbyists. They're all there just for a personal gain. The whole intent has just been uh, skewed. Right, and the worst part is um, the politicians, and this has been verified, the politicians are, in fact, 
um, every time a statute or something has passed, you, you know why Obamacare didn't pass. I mean, I, I, you know, Obamacare didn't pass, or, or the, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, what was it, the, something, uh, American Care Act or some crap they came up with? Affordable, affordable health care act. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that was the new one that the Republicans were trying to do. Um, uh, that just fell through a couple of weeks ago. The reason why that was is because all those, the same guys are, uh, have, are, are invested in all the stocks under the Affordable Care Act. So it takes them time to move their stocks from one to the other. Now, once it's moved over, they, they stand to make millions. And they weren't making enough. So what happened was that they tabled it until they could get all their stocks moved over under the different app. It sucks, doesn't it? And here's no, the absolutely. funny part. Yeah, here was the funny part. They okay, this is what they did. And nobody said a word. This blew my mind. And we were just talking about this on the T uh, the our guys on the T Row show were going to talk about this. Uh Obamacare went to the Supreme Court to so it can be declared constitutional before it went into action. What? <laughs> there was no complaint. There was no complaint. Nobody had challenged it yet. But yet they took it to the Supreme Court before it could be challenged and then got a declaration from them that it was constitutional to do. And I don't know what they're talking about because to force somebody to buy something, that's slavery. You can't do that. And not one individual challenged it as far as the Obamacare and the forcing of you to buy it, a particular product, by the way, um, under executive order, they never challenged that, that slavery, that that was actually slavery. No, we said it worked. So this guy takes it to the Supreme Court first, no complaint filed, no nothing, nobody challenged anything. Uh, they gave it their seal of approval, and then it went into effect. And then the programmers were rebelling, and that's why the websites weren't working. So the rogue programmers, when, it, when they released it, they were screwing up the, um, uh, the coding on purpose to tell Obama, we ain't going for this. If you want us to do this, we're gonna, you're going to force us to do it, or we're going to want more money. Yeah, and Skeletor was the one that presented it. Yeah. We don't know what's in it, but we'll find out when it's signed. Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we couldn't we couldn't understand why nobody did that. Nobody said anything. See, we've got a system where uh, we have what's called the uh, Randa Heaven Healing Center, and then what we did was we attached a uh, a club. Um, um, oh, what is that called? What's the word for it, Tom? Not a club. Uh, a, um, not a monopoly. A, uh, association? Yeah, we, we, it was an association. It, it'll come to me in a minute what the name of it is. But anyways, uh, where people pay per month. And then when they go to the hospital, it's free. And the, the hospital bills the association. The co-op. Co-op is the word. They bill the co-op for the services, and all you have to pay is wholesale on the products that, you, that are used on you. That way, the hospital can um, uh, can uh, renew its products. If they use a band aid, if they use this drug, or if they use this or that on you, um, uh, you have to pay wholesale price on that. That's the bill you get. 
but the services are um, are paid through the co-op. So everybody pays, you know, 150, 200 a month or whatever, and they're covered. They go to the hospital. They don't have to worry about filling all these forms. They just have their membership card. Um, it's not all these issues. If you're operated on, that doesn't cost anything. The whole thing, all the way through. Everything is covered by the co-op. Not a bad system, huh? If you go to Rain of the Heaven Healing Center.com, I think we got it there, or dot international, I can't remember which. It's the whole thing is right there, but nobody's paying attention to it. And wow, I didn't even realize you had that in place. Yeah, yeah, it's all in place. Wow. Well, I guess I, I definitely wasn't lying in the beginning of the call when I said I, I really feel you guys have nailed down all the corners to the issues. Right. See, if you have uh, the, see the insurance, like for your uh, for your intangible property for the use of the public highways, that also covers homes uh, where you know you're li- where you live, uh, damages to the house. You know, if you get sued and things like that, it covers that too. It's not a it's not a socialist system because if it was, then it would be you know seventy percent taxes. We're doing all this without taxes. We've also mm-hmm. solved the tax problem. Want to hear that one? Absolutely. Okay, this is in the Rain of the Heavens uh, on RainOfTheHeavens.com. Just put in tax in the search, and you can go find it for yourself. First of all, you have to recognize, and our government has to recognize that the people are the ones that own the minerals. They all own their property, so therefore they own the minerals of the property. We're not going to entertain that somebody is in possession of property, somebody else owns the minerals to it. We're not going to entertain that idea because that's ridiculous. That's serfdom and that's uh, that's fiefdom, and that is an illegal system to have in place. So we're going to say, okay, the guy that has the deed... If he has a deed to that property, he owns the minerals of that property. Now, someone wants to manufacture something. Now, he's going to be using for his own personal benefit, him or her, can be using for their own personal benefit, the minerals that the people own. So it makes sense to, um, uh, uh, to charge the manufacturer taxes. The taxing on the minerals that he's using to make the products. So your manufacturers are the ones that pay your taxes and support the government. The government is not necessarily, um, let's reclassify that. Um, It's not dividends, what's the the term, John? There's a term there, so it's a different classification. When you're paying on mineral rights, I don't remember what that word is, Keith. It'll come to me in a minute. Always does. All right. Yeah, yeah that's the way I am, too. Yeah, I just can't remember that word. Um, however, uh, when uh, uh, when those are co- the basically what you're doing is you're uh, coll- not necessarily collecting taxes. Um, what's the word for that? It pay- it's paying for the uh, products they use. It belongs to the people. That's all. You just read. They're, they're, they knows when they take the minerals out of the ground, they just pay for, pay for the minerals, and that is what they you're, you're calling taxes. Right. 
Is it a user fee? Um, no. Let me let me go. I think I can I can handle. I'm over on uh, randaheavens.com. It'll come to me. It's not a dividend. It's not a dividend. It's um, there. It is how to fund the government without direct. Spend. It's called the Land of Milk and Honey Treaty of 2016. We have the treaty in place. Ready for you know people can sign it if they sign on to it if they want. It says the land of milk and honey tree has had long-term implications that the control of the minerals within the meets and bounds of each country rests with its people. Um, the land of milk and honey treaty is a human right compliant in its entirety. So the large corporations just have to pay this and then they're fine. They're using the minerals. Is convinced that compacts bind between the people is in social compact is an indispensable condition for stability, peace, and development of these articles. Confident that true significance and solidarity is in good neighborliness can only mean the consolidation uh, of this content. Okay, and uh, each uh, contracting party shall repel any attempt by any third party to justify the invasion of the contract bind between the people and their government in violation of Article 21, Section 1 of the UDHR. Split titles to property shall be repelled, because what they're, what's happening is, is they're, um, they're splitting your titles. Each contracting party shall express the will of the people through its elections, which, is, which forms its government and its sovereign public bank. The people contracted with their government through declaration, oath, or affirmation, or otherwise shall provide, shall retain, provided, shall retain the right as expressed within Article 21, Section 1 of the UDHR. That's the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Royalties, that's the name. What the government is doing is collecting royalties from the manufacturers. The royalties goes for paying for the government on the, on, uh, and whatever is whatever expenses there are, and whatever is left over go back to the people each year in March 21st. That's how our, our system is operating. Uh, basically, the way the Federal Reserve was set up until they uh, reclassified it, too. Right, until the communists took over. So yeah. The producers shall enjoy certain immunity under the license governed by the doctrine of codification to reduce the impairment of production to be determined by the contracting parties within their own spheres and governed by the UDHR or as otherwise provided for the purpose of protecting the producer from certain injustices against producers committed by consumers in their representations. So if they pay the royalties, they're in, uh, th that gives uh, the producers certain immunities from people walking into stores, slipping and falling and all that kind of crap or product liability. Because they're getting hammered with product liability. So that's where the, the uh, private insurance industries came in and said, we'll cover your product liability, which means now you've got to ramp up the charge for the cost of your product and pay a bunch of lawyers and pay a bunch of this, pay a bunch of that, which is a parasitical point of view. So if you get that third party the hell out, and that contract is between um, <clears throat> the, uh, the people, the government, and manufacturer, and you get rid of the third party, you're good to go. Not, it, it, it's not an issue. This makes it very attractive for producers to become producers and therefore create jobs. That's how you get your jobs uh, started. Then you have certain protections from con for consumers. And then you have the uh, ratification entry in force. And that's right on, uh, just put in tax 
uh, under uh, rainintheheavens.com. Just put in the word tax at the top, or it says Twitter and Facebook. Tax there, and, and, and scroll down. You'll be able to read through that uh, the land of uh, how to fund a government without direct taxation. And that's how you fund your government. That's what import act, export taxes are. They're just paying royalty on on the material that you're they're shipping in or shipping out. Right. All right. Well, what this is, and it seems to be the problem that is underlying in everything is there's always this third party intervener that has stepped in, and that's where the majority of the expense is coming from. The majority of the waste. I call it waste. That's a better terminology. Better terminology, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've like been on football. for we've been on for just over an hour and fifteen minutes, and you've definitely given a ton of info that um, I'm probably going to go back and re-listen to this call again as well. I wanted to open this up uh, in the chat. There's a lot of people with questions and things, so okay. I'm going to uh, I'm going to unmute everybody so people can come on. Just um, let us know where you're calling from and uh, who you claim to be, and we'll go from there. All right, guys, uh, unlocking now. So, hey, Brian. Somebody had a question. Feel free. How are you doing? Yeah. Hey, Brian. It's Steve from Illinois. Hi, Dave. You there? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it was Keith that's been talking. Um, now, I, I was listening now. Here you go with a, a naysayer, I guess, here. But I, I just have a lot of questions about... Um, he was talking about human rights and going to the international board. Uh, what I've got a concern with on that or a question about is we were supposed to have our unalienable rights. And... We've got groups like ACLU, we've got politicians and all this that seem to be able to come back and define people's rights that are unalienable, which has been going on for a long time. Now, if I'm mistaken, I, I'm understanding that human rights would be going to an international board. So that being said, we're taking... Um, we're taking an interpretation of somebody's rights when they feel like they're violated to an international board. Is that not just the same problem we've got going on right here with our system now? Um, because all men, now we're, we're talking about men and women, and it's great to, it's great to feel that we've got an honor system among us, but as being human, there's going to be bad apples being involved. There's going to be people with hurt feelings. And who is going to be defining either our unalienable rights, our civil rights, or human rights? I mean, we're, we're appointing somebody to, devi- to define for us. So that, that's kind of a, I, it, I guess it sounds like a naysayer question, but it's just a question of, uh, we're, it seems like that we're just evolving from one government into another worldwide government because the Affordable Health Care Act is a universal health care, and the United Nations is all supportive of the universal health care. So 
things are leading in one thing to another, and it ultimately comes down to a new world order. With that, I'll yield. Okay. Now, that's what we first got. Uh, that's what the PAG's first thought. Uh, the private attorney generals across America, when they first got here, they thought the UDHR was the United Nations. And it's not. It has nothing to do, really, with the United Nations. That is what happened was, was um, um, Roosevelt's wife... I'll, I'll, I'll wait for all that. To, there's a lot of noise there. I don't know how people make so much noise. <clears throat> um, yeah, if people would mute out while they're not speaking, that would be helpful. I just muted the board again until the next question comes up. Thank you. Okay, we we explained it to them also. The UDHR is actually on its own. Even though it's considered uh, among countries customary international law, it really has nothing to do with the UN. The UN just adopted it to make it make it look good, to put on a pretty face. Because the UN is, in fact, a communist organization, and they deal in definitions. Okay, defining things, uh, reclassifications, all that kind of stuff. We don't do that here. Most of our laws are created by court cases, and those court cases are created by experiences and affidavits of the people that went through them. That's how most of our stuff is done. We, we, um, uh, when we looked at the UDHR, I thought the same thing when I first saw it. And I said, well, that's just a UN thing. Um, I know they're communist pinkos over there. I didn't like them. Uh, and I don't like the way they do things. I've had dealings with them in the past uh, with a certain uh, uh, international uh, private membership associations or um, another word for fraternal orders and things like that would approach us and try to get us to, uh, I think one time they tried to take over our human uh, rights defenders. They wanted to give us UN badges uh, to become judicial officers within a professional court. Uh, they've tried almost everything they could possibly do to get us to stop what we're doing as far as uh, a national government is concerned. This government's under the law of nations. Okay, the law of nations does, in fact, recognize people men and women, and it does uh, define what you're talking about. Those definitions are already in place. Now, whether a communist organization comes in and starts trying to redefine things, reclassify things, you have a legitimate concern, so do we. The office holders have a legitimate concern because the office holders here, they only, they're only in office for two years, and they can go uh, a total of four. After that, they are subject to whatever they're doing or whatever they did while they were in office. It does affect them also. Our Congress does not have immunity from its own law. That's the difference. So the people that are in office, what happened is say, the U.S. Congress made themselves immune from their own, from, um, their own act. Well, it doesn't affect us. We have our own insurance. Oh, really? Okay. Well, but you guys are under the Affordable Care Act. It doesn't work that way. If we had an Affordable Care Act, those very same uh, people in Congress, our Congress, would be subject to it when they got out of office and while they're in office. There's your difference. So you're not uh, you're not giving somebody power of attorney to turn it against you. The UDHR and what is involved in that is highly understood among everyone 
okay, in the what they call the international community, and we have to deal with them as a national government, and we have to deal with the international community whether we like it or not. We have to be able to communicate with them back that's, and forth. That's correct. And under the law of nations also, the law of nations does not control what we do. It actually protects us from other nations when we do what we're doing. Right. It shows where our rights are, where we have the right to do something, a legal right to do something. Right. Now, now, when it comes to you, Dave Chart, that was that was uh, pioneered by Eleanor Roosevelt, that knew what a piece of crap her husband was. By the way, because when you read it and you understand what's going on today in the court system, the UDHR directly in its face combats communism and what you're talking about, what you just said. That was the cool part about it. And it took us uh, about a month and a half to realize it by reading it. And then when we started reading it, then we had a committee, uh, we were in committee with it. Um, our government has just a, 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 like a 24-hour committee. And we were talking about it. And I said, wait a minute, that, that combats what we're doing over here. That completely reverses what's happening to us and all of the, um, uh, the people taking advantage of it, of their, of their rights. Because that's all it is. They're taking advantage of their legal rights and uh, against others and um, uh, persecuting them, uh, commercial discrimination. They're uh, ousting them. They're uh, treating them like uh, deplorables. Okay, they call them deplorables. There's all kinds of things that they're doing. So that's what you—that's what we were worried about, and that's what uh, uh, many people uh, that come here are worried about when we bring up the UDHR. So we have to explain it that way. Go back and read it. And then you'll see, oh, the, the United Nations only adopted it. It didn't come from them. And they adopted That makes a lot of sense. Time. Yeah, they, they adopted it at a time where they had just gotten over Hitler, you know, the whole thing there. And Eleanor knew what her husband had getting re- was getting ready to do because she knew that he had made a pledge. He pledged everyone out May 5th, 1933. That pledge is where you're having trouble because everything – and then that's what sparked off the Declaration of Interdependence in 1976. That's what uh, sparked off the Sputnik um, uh, National Education Act, the Emergency National Education Act, which allowed um, uh, uh, college students to get – we call it some credit directly from the banks for student loans. That's when the debt started going through the roof. And that's when all that stuff started happening, every bit of it. The whole time in his system started really ramping up at that time. Britain's Sputnik happened. They created this big emergency that, well, man, we're, we're too stupid, and the Russians are ahead of us, and we've got to get education going, and blah, blah, blah. They really racked that up. So go back and read the UDHR. It has nothing to do with the United Nations. And as a matter of fact, the United Nations is subject to it. That's the whole thing. It goes both ways. Does that answer your question, or do I need to get uh, more detail? No, I think that should have answered his question. I'll unmute again if he has anything, or the next question can come up. Anybody else have anything, or did that answer your question, Paul? I have a question. 
All right. Hello? Who is this? Uh, yes, this is Michael. Is this? Yeah, Michael in Florida. Hi, Michael. Trying, hi. I got on here kind of late, and I'm trying to figure out what it is exactly his goal is. And if, if in a nutshell, he could explain that question briefly. My goal. Hello? Yes. I understand the uh, question. It's not my personal goal. It's the goal of many. Um, I'm just here on the call. Explaining things and answering questions is not particularly my goal. Yeah, um, I understand that. I, I understand that. Okay, okay. It, it's a nice uh, Yeah, you have to, you, you, the goal is to do what's right. You have to have a national government in order to have a nationality. If you don't have a nationality, you're stateless. We can't, yeah. we can't have that happen. But so what, what is the you want to call it a goal? We can do that. Well, yeah, that that's uh, what I'm I'm trying to figure out. I, I've I've been around in this movement for going on 31 years, and I've seen a lot of different uh, schemes and uh, ideas and goals and and strategies, and I've seen a lot of good, innocent people put in jail, and I'm just trying to figure out exactly what it is. Um, you, you say we're trying to, you're trying to create a, a nation, a nationality. Um, what, what uh, I guess I'll, I'm going to have to visit your website. The, that's the government of the United States of America at Dot or international. Dot, dot international, and the full word spelled out, correct? Correct. And it's not it's not what we're trying to do. We did it. It's already done. What we're doing now is um, actually just uh, Brian wanted us to come on and talk to him, uh, um, talk to the listeners, because of the last time that we were on. And um, we move on. We had uh, we've had two elections. Uh, we have over 15,000 connections on LinkedIn, either all over the world or with, even with Homeland Security and um, uh, uh, FBI. We got, who else we got, Tom? Ambassadors. Got a lot of big service, CIA, you name it. Yeah, and those are people that uh, they're not condoning. Okay, they're, they're not saying yes or no. They're just connected to us on LinkedIn. They're not arguing with who or what we're doing. They go in and they, they read all of our paperwork and they make sure that we're vetted and they go back and they see what's going on and we pretty much blow their minds most of the time. Uh, what type the ones who do know about us? Huh? I, I was going to ask you, uh, what type of structure is, 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 the, is the organization? The government itself? Yeah, yeah. What, what, whatever it is you have formed, what is the legal structure? Is, is it uh, a trust? It's the government. It's the okay. Articles under the Articles of Confederation of 1781, it was revamped. It was, it was, uh, what happened was this. I'll just tell you this. The 1781 was laying dormant and abandoned for quite a long time, about 240 years or so. And there was a reason why it was still there. 
The reason why it was still there is because the Virginia company took the original seal of 1780. And the original seal was the Treasury of North America. And they've been using it. They used it all the way up to 1968. That's how they got their national currency status. The Virginia company has been using the national status of the original government to cover the fact that it is a Virginia company. They've been doing that for a long time. When they got rid of the seal, they went off the gold standard in 1971 through Nixon. They had to leave because they couldn't they, uh, when they changed the seal. What you're talking to is the original Articles of Confederation of 1781. Our political party, which was the Confederation Party at the time, is now called the North American National Party. We convened and fulfilled the Constitutional Convention that was not fulfilled back then. The reason is was when the convention was ordered, the convention was supposed to amend the Articles of Confederation. It said nothing about a completely brand new constitution. They had to amend the articles. Those articles were never amended. So when we formed a political party and convened in a constitutional convention, all the states that that particular document recognized were all abandoned. Nobody had been in those, those states for, uh, for 200 and something years. So when we did that, we, um, uh, we amended it, actually we've amended it almost three times. The last amendment was August 5th, 2015. All this was published. It was well known. Uh, UN knew about it. Uh, federal knew about it. States know about it. Everything. All the representatives knew about it. Then we put in just a little while ago called the first in time, first in right. First in time, first in right doctrine is well known throughout the courts. It's dealing with property, deals with um, uh, deals with uh, brands, it deals with patents, it deals with copyrights, it deals with everything. First in time, first in right. So if the Articles of Confederation were first in time, then it's first in right. If it was amended properly, like it was originally supposed to be done, then um, if it was originally done the way it was supposed to be done, we could not have done that. We couldn't have claimed it, signed it, and then changed it. But when they came out with a brand new or some other constitution and failed to amend the Articles of Confederation, they broke chain of title. When they broke chain of title, they weren't vetted all the way back to the Declaration of Independence, although they like to claim it. We call them uh, jumpers. There's a couple of different types. There's two different types of people. There's a veteran. There's a jumper. A jumper will go from the Declaration of Independence and jump right over to 1789. Completely ignore the Articles of Confederation. Completely ignore the uh, um, the uh, Continental Congress. They'll completely ignore everything and go right over to the 1789. That's a jumper. You haven't been properly vetted all the way back to the Declaration of Independence, so you can't say you don't have the standing that you say you have. They went from the general post office of 1775 over to a postal department in 1789. That's a jumper. You can't do that. 
Ebenezer Hazard never had a successor. Ebenezer Hazard was the uh, was the last postmaster general under the Articles of Confederation. That was written right in Benjamin Franklin's ledger. We have a copy of the ledger. It was saved by a fire, I think, in 1878. Somebody tried to destroy that ledger because there were certain people they wanted to change history, and they wanted to say that their 1789 was actually attached to the Declaration of Independence, and it wasn't. They even jumped in Marines. When the Marines were started by the Continental Congress, they had to completely change the Marines after 1789. Because why? Because they didn't have the authority to use the original Marines. We're talking about the U.S. Marines today. They're not vetted all the way back to the Declaration of Independence. The Navy isn't either. U.S. military is not vetted all the way back. They jumped. And when you have a jump like that, and when you have a break in your chain, it's illegal as hell. can't do that. Because that chain was the beginning of a new nation, and it was also the beginning of a new inheritance for the people. And when they broke that chain, that, uh, <clears throat> that jumping caused problems from the point that they did it all the way till today. That's why it cannot be fixed. You cannot fix that situation. You also cannot fix the fact that you don't have a president of the United States of America because there's no oath of office for that in the whole document. That's what you missed. You missed some of that uh, when, you, when you came on later. So if you go over to Government of the United States of America international, read the links, and then, and then uh, we'll have no, no problem answering any of your questions. All right, yeah, I think that uh, answered it very well. And to me, what I've seen from what you've done is essentially you just kind of fix those links in the chain and set things back up the way they were originally supposed to be set up. And if I recall correctly, you have also sent this not once or twice, but three different times to the Hague as well, and there has been no rebuttal on that, correct? That would be correct. So the Netherlands had no issues with it um, uh, as far as the United States was concerned because we weren't interfering with what their business is. We weren't interfering with what they were doing. Now, for uh, someone to come out, and many people to come out, by the way, and get your inheritance back to where it's that properly vetted and you can actually uh, you know, claim your last will and testaments and stuff, that's not a bad deal. I wish somebody had done that for me. I'd say, oh, yeah, I'll sign on. Cool. <laughs> We're good. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Was there somebody else that had a question? I have a question. Yes, who is this? This is Jerry from Vermont. I have How are you a... doing, Jerry? Good, good. How are you doing, Brian? I have a situation, really it's not the same as the topic that is being uh, talked about today. Can I uh, ask that? Uh, sure, who knows, it might tie in more than you think. 
Yeah, it's a so here's the situation. I it's a credit card that was Max and never paid. Uh, a uh, a law office or debt collector sued me in my small claims court in the name of Bank of America. I called Bank of America and I recorded the conversation telling me that they did not really sue me. They don't they they gave the debt to Truck America and America hired this uh, would, uh, they really didn't know. So I couldn't pay. I asked them to pay. They said, no, you can't pay. And I asked them to, uh, if you sued me, and they said no. So I wrote a uh, affidavit. Now, when I answer the question to the court, I send this affidavit to the law office or to the debt collector. Then uh, they didn't answer, of course. Then I decided to counterclaim, but I made a small mistake. On a counterclaim, I didn't really put the name of Bank of America in it. I put only the lawyer and the law office or the debt collector. And uh, their answer to this was dismiss the counterclaim because it's not a counterclaim because the name of Bank of America is not there. If you were in my decision, in my position, what would you do? You, you uh, would have done. What you would do from now on? Well, you know, uh, Keith, I don't think I've ever really heard you address uh, situations like that. Um, do you have anything to say regarding a matter like that? Now. Uh, to answer the uh, the previous question, I've been doing this for 27 years. John over here has been in for how long, John? He'll come on in a minute. He'll grab, he'll grab his uh, – I'll, I'll answer his question in a minute. John? I think it's been 35 years since the 80s. We've seen people come and go, and we've still lot, seen a lot of people get hurt. Same as you, and we've we've ducked a lot of problems because of that, uh, especially with these uh, continental marshals coming out. That's a joke, by the way. Um, we've seen people make up a lot of stuff, but if you if you're vetted right, you won't have those issues. Just let me know. Now, the Bank of North America, the last official act of the Continental Marines was to escort a stash of silver crowns on loan from Louis XVI of France from Boston to Philadelphia to enable the opening of the Bank of North America. Did you know that France owns the Bank of North America? Wow. I told you that they were, that I, we've said this before, the monarchs are doing business over here. So what you have to do is you have to figure out who you're dealing with. So you went in, you got a you got a Bank of North America credit card, not realizing that you were actually involved in an international contract with a foreign king. France has its own king. Spain has its own king still today. Their government is just the king's government. So what I would do is I would go and write a letter to the king of France. <laughs> That's what I would do. 
you asked the question a minute ago, Keith, and I, I had stepped out for a minute. Yeah, how long have you been doing this? Involved in this? I started in 83. Okay. That, that's 1983 now, not not 18. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we've seen people come and go, yes, we can tell you right up front when people are going to get in trouble and when they're not. We, can, we know it within five minutes. We look at whatever they're doing. It's like, oh, they're going to be in trouble here in just a little while. They'll be arrested soon. When we had no issues because the Continental Marshals tried to come to us to get them to, to, to uh, validate them, and we said no because they tried to get us to say that, uh, well, we have an oath to the people. I said, where's your charter? And I said, I'll tell you one thing. U.S. Marshals are not going to like what you're doing. Trust me on that. And within, uh, that was five months ago. I said, within six months, these guys are going to be put sitting in jail. And they are, because they trespass. Yeah, that, that like in the uh, latter part of 212, we sent a document to the Hague over to International Criminal Court, and they, they said it was out of their jurisdiction. About a year later, we resubmitted another one over there, and they said they, they had already answered that question. And their their answer actually that that town says we recognize your jurisdiction. I hope you recognize ours. And that was the first reciprocity that we won't step on you if you don't step on us, and that's how it operates. That's correct. Yeah, and that, that falls. I really I uh, with these debt collectors I had that validation. Or and later, and the account that they are suing me is different from the real Bank of America account. It's a different account. So really, it's a it's yeah. like a. Uh, so my counterclaim was really good, but the only mistake I did, I didn't include Bank of America on the title. Okay, well, like, like, like we said, you, uh, the very first thing you do in any situation is bet it. Find out who you're dealing with. That's what we're telling you. That's the first, very first approach on anything. If you see something that's weird and something's changing and something's doing this and you know, something just doesn't seem right, you've got to go back and do your research to find out, first of all, who is Bank of North America, who owns it, then second, who got involved who represents this? Where is their registered agent? Is this a private company or private private membership association? Do you guys have a trustee? Do you have a president? Who are you guys? Are you registered with um, uh, Delaware? Which means if you're registered with Delaware, that means you're registered with BOD, Department of Defense. So is, is that the reason, you know, if, what are you guys doing? I don't understand what's happening here. So when you do your own research all the way back, the very first thing you do is bet out who is who. And then, second, you bet out yourself. And what I mean by that is, um, do you guys know or have you seen your any last will and testament from any of your family? One no, I haven't. No one sees it. Where did it all go? No one has a last will and testament from their grandfather 
1750. Where did all that go? Mm-hmm. If you can't bet it now, you have to understand your position, and then what we call uh, what we, uh, we call a legal structure. How are you? What is your relationship with the Bank of North America? How are you looked at upon them? How does what? How what does their charter recognize you as? Are you a consumer? If you're a consumer, where are the rules on consumers? And was it in the original contract when you signed that? That's where you come back on it with a third-party debt collector up there. That, that you didn't contract with that man. You didn't borrow any money from him. The bank himself or the credit card company. And if it's a credit card company, the credit card company actually borrowed the money from Bank America. So therefore, you, you're not dealing with Bank America either. If Bank America wants your money, they have to go back to the credit card company. This comes under a third-party uh, interference in the private contract. Exactly, and and that's why we're um, that's why you have to um, you have to vet out your parties and all that. Now, the, the, okay, very first thing you don't do is I'm going to lean you. Don't do that. Don't mess around with the judge. Don't mess around with the prosecutor. Don't mess around with anything. Find out what you're dealing with first. Then you'll know what what right you can assert, what you can enforce. But if you got into a real messed up deal, a messed up contract, um, uh, because a lot of them are done, I mean, most of these guys are freaking drunk on their right, by the way. Um, because <laughs> they're horribly written, um, and they're normally not even complete. So take a look at that area first before you start uh, uh, freaking out, calling yourself man on the land. I'm not. A, I'm a living being, and you suck. Okay, before that happens. <laughs> I was dealing with a credit card that belonged to somebody else here not long ago. And the third party kept coming back and trying to get get a response from us. And I simply wrote it back up there, said, you're a third party debt collector. No money was borrowed from you. And I'm not contracting you, with you now for under any circumstance. And sent it back and about three months ago. Haven't heard a word from them since. But that doesn't work for everybody. That's correct. It doesn't. But you you got you got to run your chain of command and get everything linked back together to know what you're talking about when you make a statement. And the next time you want to fool around with a credit card, um, don't. Then you won't have that issue. Pay, pay for what you get. If you don't, um, uh, if you don't uh, don't have the money for it, don't buy it. That's correct. And the credit card is credit card is only a thirty day account. It's supposed to be paid in full at the end of every month. And that's where people have viewed it by by running running an overdraw and then they have to start paying interest on it. Once you start paying twenty five percent interest on it, you you there's no way to ever get caught up. Unless you just quit using using it and get it paid out. 
I was done. I said, like, that's my last statement. If you don't, uh, if you don't have the money for it, don't buy it. Thank you for your answer. All answers. right. Do right. we have anybody else? We're getting close to that two-hour mark. Yeah, we are. Uh, we'll take uh, one more question that somebody had. Um, I will say to everybody, if you go to the, their website, um, I post it in the chat, and it's also posted in Tactical Sovereignty. If there are many, many links there, and you should easily be able to find uh, answers to any questions that may arise. So if there's somebody the else show. on. Also. Yeah, yeah, they can go yeah to, absolutely. They can go to YouTube. Yeah, they go to YouTube. And um, we have a channel there, the Government of the United States of America, and you can listen to the T-Row Show. We cover a lot of this in the T-Row Show. The first one, the first one kind of sucked, the first show. But um, and we explained a lot about Rain of the Heavens and what it was. And there's a lot of information on that uh, if you if you're real interested. One individual was talking about Yahweh when he was on here when he first came on here. He would be very interested in the Rain of the Heavens. Once he knows what that is, uh, you'll never get him to stop talking about it. Because he mentioned uh, Yahweh, and when he did, I was like, "Huh, he's gonna he'll love the rain of the heavens." <laughs> when he sees that, he's gonna say, "Oh my God!" Because the rain of the heavens was the first republic, <laughs> the first republic form of government. It was right in the face of all the monarchs. But um, yeah, when he gets more involved in it, more involved in it, he'll see what, what that is. It'd be very interesting to watch his reaction. Yeah, that was Justice Johnson, and I have discussed Rain of Heavens with him uh, before, and he's just got a lot on his plate right now. Um, and but I, I agree. And people also, uh, like you said, look up the T Row Show. That's T space R O H um, on YouTube. If you can't find it, you can put that in the search bar in the Facebook group Tactical Sovereignty, and you'll find links for it there. And you'll find a playlist on my YouTube channel as well, where I put all the new shows. Yeah, it's called Tactical Sovereignty. We'll go ahead and subscribe to your uh, your channel. Or yeah, it's, uh, I'll go ahead and get a subscription there. We'll subscribe to your channel. It's, it's just Brian Parker, Tactical Sovereignty, and it'll pop up for YouTube. Okay. If I may, Brian? Yes, Trance. Uh, might be a good I- it might be a good idea maybe to give out that number and that other code again that they would. Um, we have a, a few different people that are on the call that probably didn't hear it. All right, yeah, for the uh, Wednesday call at noon Central Time, uh, that was the phone number for that was 408-636. Zero nine six eight, and the room or the uh, pin number you'd use for that would be two three six seven zero zero six two five seven. I believe I'm correct. Yeah, that's a recording. Of, that's when we do the recording for the T Row show. Just so everybody knows, we were talking about that earlier. That's where we do the right. recording. Have, and if you want to be on the recording, you're more than welcome. Well, you know, if you have a question or whatever, you can well unmute you. If you want to talk about something, we're good. And, but if you missed that recording, you can go ahead, and it'll be posted up to YouTube and 
uh, like and subscribe to that channel, and you'll get notifications of when they get up. And as well, at the same time, uh, let me plug uh, lawfulamerica.solutions is the website that was made for tactical sovereignty. We're in the uh, 13th week of DW's incarceration, and hopefully that's going to be resolved shortly from the sounds of it. Keeping our fingers crossed. Um, well, I think we're pretty much done with Q&A. I believe you really nailed down a lot of potential questions throughout the first hour, and you even divulged more info to me that I wasn't even aware of yet, which I totally appreciate. Now, you guys have done a lot of hard work and really tried to cover the bases on the whole situation. Um, everything from healthcare and automobile usage, you know, right, right down to what your real nationality is, and I appreciate that. No problem. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Actually, I enjoyed this call. It's a nice, uh, nice call. Uh, Tom, you have anything to, uh, to say? Uh, well, just so everybody knows, I'm usually available um, if you need to get a hold of me. My uh, number for the office is on the government of the United States of America. It's international if anybody wants to get a hold of me. He's the elected Secretary of State, and believe it or not, when he calls, they listen. Believe it or not. We don't have a lot of issues. Yep, I enjoy these calls too because it gives us a chance to go back and refresh our memory on a lot of what we've been doing too. And believe yeah, you, you never you never really learn anything until you teach it anyway. The thing of it is, once you get, get as much as we got behind us, you forget a lot of what you, what you did in the beginning. You have to keep going back and refreshing yourself. Yeah, we did that the other day. Yep. We yeah, we got a bunch the, of documents that keep pop, popping up that we didn't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's when we were when we were putting together the uh, the Continental Army, um, uh, which will be finalized tomorrow night through an act, and uh, people will be able to. Uh, we've had a good reaction with that. A lot of people understand it, and especially when they saw that show that you saw, Brian, with the two different uh, surveys. Right. Yeah, on the T-Rush show. Right, yeah, that was an excellent show. Yeah, another thing, too, is if they join the Continental Army, that reinstates their Second Amendment as militiamen. It moves, yeah. moves them out from under the company at the same time. Yeah, and we do have, folks. I mean, we're not we're not just blowing smoke here. You can go around rainintoheavens.com. And you can see where on there where of course you recognize the fact that we're we're non citizen, non resident aliens to the United States of America. That's your seventeen eighty nine constitution. They put it right. Oh, well, and I think joining uh, their records. I, I think with joining uh what you uh, call it the Continental Marshals or whatever, I I think that would probably fall under eight USC fourteen eighty one. Yeah. It does. Um, it was uh, it's Continental Army. It's not Continental Marshal. Um, right. Yeah. I, I had Army, that Marshal. Yeah. So it started in 1775. See, that was abandoned. See, the Marines used to be called the Continental Marines, the original Marines. 
the original Navy was called the Continental Navy. And then they had the Continental Army. That was the original Army. And like I said, they changed the seal of the Marines in 1791. It was just nothing more than a foul anchor. That's all it was. And you can go to Continental.Army and sign up if you want. I mean, you can sign up to that website if you'd like. It's Continental.Army. And um, uh, it's like a Facebook-type community system that we have. We also have another community, uh, generalpostoffice.org. We have GPEX, generalpostoffice.com, continentalpublicbank.com. Um, uh, those uh, Continental Public Bank, like I said, we're still, uh, should be done with that in a couple of days. Uh, but you can still uh, open up an account if you want to start earning Continental dollars, and we'll, um, we will, uh, uh, if, if, if many points and everything that you, uh, you uh, earn while on that website, you can actually cash those in, and we will send the cash to your house. We've been using our own stamps for the last two, three years. And it was funny when people saw that. They, they said, well, you guys, they thought it was a big deal. That you'd be using, <laughs> we've been using our own stamps for a long time. We paid the IMF off. It was six grand uh, that we had to pay the IMF to uh, pay off that bill. We, we used up $6,000 of uh, stamps. We sent that over to them. Um, the uh, money itself is, uh, in fact, legal. And they uh, do recognize that. We've had two issues with two banks, and that's about all right now. We're not saying that the banks accept them in there because um, the, because of the global New World Order system. We're not in that. We're not in that system. However, um, they do have to accept it to a certain extent. Um, Keith, uh, just to reiterate on that, too, um, we've had this crazy Native American it's been going around for some reason he's able to exchange them <laughs> he's done it he's done it in the supermarket called Ingalls um, grocery store I'm not sure I've never seen it uh, I don't know if it's a grocery store or what but it's Ingalls either way it's down south and um, then there's let's see he did it at a gas station and he also did it at the toll booth between um, Michigan and Ohio. The guy came out and he looked at it and he says, yeah, I've seen those before. It's, it's legal. And they took it. Now, the Continental Army, it is legal for U.S. citizens to join a foreign army. You can go to generalpostoffice.international, spelled out, if they sign up for the Continental Army and read the document. Read what's there before you sign up. It has a link what the company says about it, what the Virginia company says about that, and all the legalities and everything else, then you can make your own decision on what you want to do. It's a volunteer army. Uh, it was, it, it was, it's in its infancy, so um, it's just about to get uh, put into an act on uh, Monday night, tomorrow night, that's when our, we have our national assembly. So we have to go over the act and everything and get everything finalized. We uh, brought forward the Articles of War, and that's uh, called today, the Articles of War would be what you would look at as UCMJ, what you would see UCMJ as. So there's absolutely nothing illegal about it, and we've checked it all out all the way back, and it does, in fact, 
if you can do it without relinquishing your United States citizen or you can do it to, with the intent to relinquish your U.S. citizen. And there will be an oath that's involved. I think it's a three-year. Uh, a three-year. Uh, we're going to make it three years. But that doesn't mean that you're going to have to go to, you know, that you're going to have to go basic training and all that. We have a different setup. I was just talking to a guy from Switzerland two days ago, and I asked him how Switzerland has their setup. And what they did was they don't have a standing army. So what they do is every male of, over the age of 18 has to go into the army. They go through the basic training. And then what they do is uh, you go home, you have the government-issued rifle, you have your rounds. I was uh, checking what John had uh, read about it, and I did get that directly from somebody from Switzerland. By the way, he was the governor over there. And I'll, I'll show you what he wrote, John. <clears throat> and uh, he says that um, uh, they do have to do certification every year. So they're inducted into the military their whole lives. I think there's 8 million people in Switzerland, and every male has a, is in the, in the military. The thing over there wow, that still, is amazing. There's one man that Sorry. I talked to over there. His, his son's rifle at, at his house. His rifle at his house. His grandfather's rifle, his father's rifle at his house. No, there's five different generations still have their government issue weapons at, at home. And they is required they they hold it a minimum of a thousand rounds that for each weapon they got. Now they're full autos wow. and they're, uh, they're they're big stuff. They keep that in in an armory, but they're scattered all over the country. Right. Their their philosophy is that if they ever get um, uh, if they ever get invaded, they only have to shoot once from their from their porch. That's it. <laughs> Pick up their rifle, step outside, fire one round, and go and go go back to work. <laughs> Somebody said, if you well, if you if there's over eight million that man army, he said, what are you going to do? He says, fire two shots. <laughs> <laughs> That's and uh, I think the guy I was talking to was a little anti-gun. I think he was because he said there's violence in Switzerland. I said, well, there's always going to be violence in Switzerland, man. He said, there's violence everywhere. He started laughing. But he, uh, uh, but he did say, he did verify it. Yeah, in fact, that's what happened. I think that's how we're going to set up the Continental Army. I want to talk to the National Assembly about it tomorrow uh, so that everybody has to, uh, basically, is you want your national status, join the Army, you know, and then, we can do it for a three-year thing, and then if you want to go on reserve, you can do that. And then that's it. You just certify every year, and you're good to go. That sounds good. So that sounds excellent. I, I think we had somebody with a question. I think. Yes, I had a question. Um, could you give out the information? Uh, you, I think you mentioned a website, and uh, I guess it may have been your website. And then the uh, I think you mentioned a, a Monday night call. For the Continental Army, would you give that information out again? The Continental Army is on Thursday night. That's when we're talking about that. The National Assembly to pass the Act will be on Monday night. That's on Monday night. Okay. And what's what's and that number? That is eight five seven. Okay. The, the room is eight five seven two three two zero one five five. 
And Brian, zero one, say the number zero, again. I'm going to write it down because I never remember it. Was that zero one five five? The 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 last part. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. And then what was the website you mentioned? I think you mentioned a, if I, I, I might be wrong, did you say a continental bank? But is that what I heard? Yeah, or there's, I may have... yeah there's continentalpublicbank.com. And so it's called continental like said, bank? Public bank. Public bank? So continentalpublicbank.com. Yeah, public yeah we don't, our Articles of Confederation does not recognize private banks. You need to get the other half of that phone number if you're coming on the call. Yeah, 408, what was it, Brian? And then I was going to uh, show one other thing why we brought up the Continental Army. It's 408. Either one of them, it doesn't matter. 408. Go ahead, Brian. 408-636-0968. Okay, thank you. No, Correction. It's 638. 638. Well, 638. 638. 0968. Oh, okay. Let me go back then. So, so it's 638. What was the rest again? 0968. 0968. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Just make sure. Thank you. Yeah, the reason why we brought up the Continental Army, and by the way, everybody loved the idea. It was, it was, um, uh, it was a great idea on what we were doing. When you uh, on the sign-up page at General Post Office at International, there's a link there. Uh, there's a Virginia company policies, and then there's the what the U.S. military can rename in the classification of a peacekeeping force. So they've got this crazy idea that they want to be police officers of the world. I don't know why they're trying to do that, but they keep pushing it over and over again. Now, what we did was, is on page six on one of the links, we can show you what happened back in, and this is off of the, published by the Office of the Armed Forces Information Education Department of Defense. Okay, and this is called the U.S. Fighting Man's Code, and it was it was passed in 19, they, they they published this in 1955, and this was just after the Bar Treaty that we talked about an hour for earlier. This will be the last thing I'll, I'll go ahead and get off because I know you're running on two hours here. But on the page six, and the link is there. You can you can open it up for yourself and, and read it. It says, and then to the uh, the United States must constantly be aware of her high position of world leadership. That was self-appointed, by the way. And the code we propose must consider the standard of the Ten Commandments and of our Constitution, as well as our pledge to the United Nations. So the U.S. military is under a pledge to the United Nations. That pledge was put in by Roosevelt in 1933. And on the T-Row show, we go into the Roosevelt Pledge and what happened back then. So if you listen to it, you can you can get the whole chain of events that happened from start to finish and their chain of title and how they, they operate and where they're coming from. 
it's all about communication. It's all about understanding. If you can communicate, do you recall? You understand do you recall what's zero? You can get it. Um, it should say in the, uh, what the show's about. It should say in what the, I think it's around twelve or thirteen that we're talking okay. about the Roosevelt Pledge. It's the Roosevelt Pledge. And if we're talking about that, it goes into the 1933 Roosevelt Pledge on May 5th. And I think it's May 5th. And um, uh, where he actually declared a holy war, Inquisition, I guess. And um, uh, Eleanor knew this. And that's what, born, that's what brought about the UDHR, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So it all it all comes into play, and then you can go to governor at uh, a dot the United States of America 1781.com. That's governor dot the United States of America 1781.com, and he's got an exile list on there, and he's got all kinds of publications and everything else. That's our governor. That whole website's just full of stuff. And all, we do, all we're doing is every time we work on something, every time we do it, we publish it. We show you what we're doing. We're not hiding anybody. Everything that you see on the websites is everything we've done. Since we're in public office, we have to tell you everything that's going on. Then we have uh, National Great Registry. A lot of stuff is published there. A lot of the states used to have great registries a long time ago. And those were the political parties that registered with the Great Registry. A lot of people don't know that. There was oaths and affirmations that they had. If you didn't have an oath of fidelity to the state, you were banished. That's, that's published on reigningtheheavens.com. And the creatures of the state. Because we went through the creatures of the state, uh, uh, whole thing. There was eight of eight-part series that we put on the T-Row show. Which was interrupted a few times. Yeah, it was interrupted three times, actually. <laughs> it was interrupted by different information that we had to put out. Well, you, you know, and it wasn't very long after that. Was here. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I was going to say, no, it wasn't very long after that. Like 12 years later, I think it was December 9th of uh, 49, that Congress relinquished all offices to the U.N., all public offices. Yeah to be represented by lawyers of the UN under the Bar Treaty. They they put the, the the offices themselves under double representation. You make sense? They added yep, a representation that is not supposed to is not supposed to be there. See the people absolutely. were supposed to and, vote. How everybody was supposed to see this? The people were supposed to vote for office holders. Then those office holders put the office itself under separate representation that wasn't voted in. It's non-voting. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right. And, you know, and I think this kind of goes back and answers the original question from one of the first callers that we had when they were asking about what you were trying to do or what the intent was. And essentially, because of those things occurring, um, all government offices have essentially been empty. And what you're simply doing is refilling them um, lawfully. Right. Making it function correctly. 
That's correct. If you go online and start looking up on uh, ghost towns, you'll find that those ghost towns have got there people living there, but they don't have affirmation to the country. Therefore, they're not legal. They're they're uh, resident aliens, and there's no population on the state because no one's taking their oath or affirmation. So to populate the state, you've got to come back and get and get a government going, which we've got in take your oath and affirmation to, to, to the state that you're actually occupying. You've got, um, this started back then when they had the 1790 and I think they revamped it in 1804, 1802. I'll just give you an example because most people are, are familiar with that. Their naturalization act where people could be male, white male citizens or white males could become citizens of the United States, which basically had nothing to do with the state. It was just citizen of Manhattan Island. And, um, what happened was is they would uh, that that would be called um, I was born here, so they would be um, birthright citizenship is what they brought up. Okay. Now, in order to be able to claim that, you have to have the open affirmation of your great 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 grandfather. You have to have his open affirmation, and then that has to pass down to his son, and then the next son, and the next son, and the next son. If you don't have that. You can't claim that you're a citizen of the United States. That's why I said you have to bet yourself. Yeah, you have fact, to have proof that someone in the beginning took the oath that is goes that uh, that goes down to the next generation, and the next generation. If you don't have it, you are not who you say you are. That's correct. And you know that that goes back to one of the things that I've said as well when people are questioning well you know why did they declare the people the enemy of the state and to me it's been because people are out there making a claim that that they have no proof of it's like somebody coming into your house and you're going what are you doing here and they they say well I'm a family member I don't they've got no proof of a family member you don't know them they're essentially invading your home they're an enemy that's right Dead on, Brian. Dead on. That's exactly what's going on. That's what happens when you don't have the uh, the oath or affirmation to your state. Or to your country. That's correct. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to open it up for one last question here before we sign out. So if anybody else had a question or anything like that, that or comment, feel free. And also, members of the group, um, we've got a member, uh, Dave Smith. Sorry to put your name out there, buddy. <laughs> but he's joined up. Um, I've been neglectful in getting myself signed up with these guys, which I will be getting on shortly here. Um, I did have a question, though, also for you, Keith. I was, because I do most of my stuff off from my handheld device, and I was looking on there for signing up, and I noticed that one of the things it asks you to do is to call into a number like Monday through Friday, kind of five, something like that. And then also down in the questions, now I've pulled my uh, actual geological address up to plug into there, but I asked for like a registration number, or I didn't know I asked for a resident number. And I was looking around like, where do I get the resident number at? Look to the right. There's a resident ID generator right there. Okay. Just click it. You have to you get the number. The button and it makes the number for you. Don't you have to do, get the number first before you fill out the form? Well, it's part of the form, yeah. So you can. Uh, no, no, that's on, that's only on uh, uh, Tom's website. It's, 
I don't know why Tom's website does that. Just <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, David, I'm I completely forgot. David did want to say something, if you don't mind, David. Yeah, are you with us, David? Yeah, he should have just jumped in and said, "Hey, Keith, I'm supposed to talk on this thing." If I may ask what a resident yeah, ID number is, a resident ID generator okay. number. It's a file number, so we can keep track of the file. What the uh, replay of this show is? How do you get replay this show? This uh, radio um, program, this radio um, call. Is there a number to replay this? Uh, you Somebody. can find it on uh, TalkShoot for Tactical Sovereignty, and I believe Keith is going to have a copy as well. A talk show, okay. I'll put it on. A, I'll probably put it on the T Row show. I'll, I'll throw it on the, over there. I might might do it for this week. I don't know if you want. You, want, you don't mind, Brian? No, absolutely. Go for it, brother. That, that'll free us up. <laughs> do other stuff. There you go. But uh, Brian, David, Brian Smith, are you there, David? <laughs> What's up, y'all? Oh, there he is. Okay. <clears throat> Let me ask another question about the resident status and uh, getting a. A letter from your uh, voter registration voter department saying that you are not a resident. Is that practical or no? To uh, determine uh, your status. Yeah, the North American National. Yeah, the North American National Party. We we open that up to American nationals that are not general postmasters, but you have to have a state chapter. Now the state chapter is that you can start your own political party. The resident declaration, um, yeah, that gets your map. Uh, we, we get the uh, NAC code for it, and then you'll have to read the history of the NAC code and what that is. I have it on the I have it on the website. Uh, it's on GeneralPostOffice.International, and it's under uh, claiming uh, uh, or declaring residency within the original union. So essentially, what you're doing is you're leaving and going back to your original union. You're pretty much there all by yourself. To a certain extent, except for this government here. Now, what happens if you don't have any uh, ancestors that go back to the uh, founding fathers? Well, then you might as well go back to your original country. All right. See you later. Which was the United Which was the United States of America? 1781. <laughs> Where you're declaring residency. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, why would you otherwise need the uh, 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 the uh, will and testament of your grand, great 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 grandfather? No, that was under that was under a completely different premise. We were talking about uh, uh, how you bet becoming a citizen of the United States and how that's actually vetted out. That was just an example. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about here. I mean, it's, you may ask you something. There's a lot of people that probably don't even know what what in the world that you're talking about other than, you know, it sounds good. But is there like a checklist of an index or something that one must do to get like some documents filled uh, in to get your status straight? And is there like a, it says like, you know, a list of an index of a procedure to do one at a time to reliably get something effectively done with your status? Right. With, uh, with the resident declaration, the registrar will send you a checklist. And every 
part of the checklist is thoroughly explained as to why we're getting that information. Mm-hmm. And how, what and does that have to do with? Current, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I apologize. Go ahead. Um, well, no, I was almost almost done. But go ahead. What does that have to do with uh, when you get the claims against you from the uh, uh, from the the corporate state? How do you how, how does this uh, how do you interact uh, uh, to correct or do you have to give them a notice to correct their mistake or what? That goes through the Secretary of State or the Governor. They Which handle that. Governor they handle that? They do. The Governor of governor the, the, the well-known Governor of your state or the Governor of the uh, alternative state of the uh, true de jure state? No, no, no. Tom Gowdy or Sue Ronaldson. That's the governor and Tom Gowdy's secretary of state. It goes through this government. We handle well, that. Gover- government. I thought you said the governor. Yeah, the governor. governor or the yeah or the office of the secretary of state. You have to get used to working with the government again. Mm-hmm. I mean, of the state you're <laughs> That's in. That's right. has trouble. Are you talking about of the state you're in, the, 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 the colorable de facto no, state? No, no. I didn't think so. You're talking about the government of the United States of America. You're right, the true government, right? You don't, have your, not... you don't have your states yet. Right. Right. You don't have your states set up yet. So once the states are set up, it's different, but you mm-hmm. don't have your states set up right. How many states are set up? So, um, How many states are established now none. so far? Pardon me? None. 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 Okay. They're all sitting in trust right now. Is uh, Mr. Trump going to help with this at all, you think? Well, uh, look what he just did to Syria. Does that tell you something? I don't know. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, that was a big one. If I may. (laughs) If I may. When he makes a mistake, he does it very well. (laughs) If I may, Brian. David. Yes. So this is Dave in the Thumb. Um, I was listening to a, a radio show today called the Susan Lindauer Report, and there was a guy from Syria on there, and he said that uh, only three of those missiles actually hit a target. The rest went into the Mediterranean. Um, they were 30-year-old uh, missiles and radio frequencies control them and they they jammed the systems um, and none of them hit and I'm wondering if that wasn't part of the plan you know they really didn't want to hit he didn't really want to hit anything and he wanted to get rid of them 30 those 60 missiles you know uh, clean out the inventory, but uh, I don't know. It was pretty interesting. Truth Frequency Radio, uh, Susan Lindauer. Um, it's a pretty good show. I saw on every weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, check it out. I yield. Well, that was a All right. Uh, Dave, <laughs> Dave Smith, were you here with us? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> All right. And, uh, yeah, I know you've uh, joined up with these gentlemen and everything. Uh, did you have anything you want to say? Well, I didn't speak, but uh, I will say uh, that 
the most important thing that I've found, uh, and if you guys don't mind me uh, going back a little bit, I was on the show where Keith and Tom and Steve and you guys were on the first time. Uh, I think it was late January, like that, on, on your right. call on Sunday. And since then, I have been putting all my energy into that, into researching that government. Uh, in fact, that day, that oh, the first call I spent all that Sunday uh, before the call, just listening to the T Row shows and uh, our journey to independence on YouTube is another video series, audio series that they they put out. But I found that everything they say, everything they they publish is the truth. I, I mean, and they prove it. So. Uh, I can't stress the importance of due diligence and knowing who you are. Those are the two most important things that I found. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I spent a little bit over a year on the judges and marshals calls, you know, marshals calls on Tuesday, judges calls on Wednesdays and all that. And I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to demean anybody or, or tear anybody down, but, I found no remedy with those people. Uh, it was, and it was even stated on a few of those calls that those people were just throwing whatever they could against the wall to see what would stick. Well, that's not good enough. You know, this nation isn't, is better than that, I think. So with that said, I have found uh, what I was looking for with this government. The key to this, the success of this government, in my opinion, is what you put into it. So if you want, if you expect ev this government to do everything for you, it's not going to work. It's based, it's got to be based on what you choose to put into this government is what you're going to get out of it. And uh, another fact is all the information is free. And there's so much to go through, so much. And I spend just about every day at least researching one article or or one topic with these guys, and they put everything out there. It's Everything is free, and it's just amazing what you'll find. You know, and the depth that they go into, you talk about root cause, root cause analysis, these guys got it. So. That's all I had. And and we didn't. Oh, thanks, Dave. <laughs> oh no, because the pay is the pay is horrible around here. I'm telling you. I think he's just trying but, to give somebody. <laughs> no, and and that's not blowing smoke up anybody's ass either. That's that's what I found to be the truth. Is you know. I've been I've been researching for about two years now, not as long as as anybody um, on this call for for any means. But in, in my two years, I, I've I've gone down a lot of rabbit holes that led me to dead ends, and um, some were in desperation. Okay, that doesn't work. You, you you can't work in desperation effectively. You have to calm down. Uh, if you can find a place to hide. For a little bit, if you're in trouble with the de facto, 
until you know, one, who you are, and two, find somebody that can help you. And that's what I found. Uh, Gail says it uh, well. She has a, a call on Tuesday nights, and it's just a question call. You can ask any questions you want on her call. And it's on this this one here, 857 It starts out, I think it's 8 Central. And uh, she has a call. And you can come on there and ask any question you want, whatever you want to do. And basically, anything happens on that call. And um, she said it's best to run not if you're running from something, that normally doesn't work here. If it's you're running to something, it does. It works. Everything's great. But if you're running from something, it just doesn't work. Because once you stop running from something, once that problem is resolved, which normally they are, then you just go away. And you wait till the next problem comes up that you cause for yourself. So that's, that's defining what David is saying. What you put into it is what you get out of it. It all comes back to intent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, yeah, right, exactly. And what David said is exactly what my gut has told me about um, uh, this government, and that's why you guys are on a second time. So I guess we have uh, gone well over the two-hour mark now. So I want to thank you guys for being here, and I'm sure you'll be back again. Um, maybe next time around it could be more of just a strictly Q&A, but I think uh, a big part of the problem is a, a cognitive dissonance that people not completely comprehend the situation that they're in and that the government that's running right now is not the government they think it is. Um, the Clearfield Doctrine even spelled it out, that a corporation cannot be a government. Bottom line. And um, so I want to thank you guys for coming on. Uh, John, Tony, and Tom, and Keith, appreciate having you guys. And Thank you, Brian. If I may, before you let them go. Yes, Rance. What's up, brother? What was that number that he just rattled off so fast for Tuesday's call? <laughs> oh, um, actually, there's, there's another part to that, call, that number because that's not actually a phone number. That's oh, actually okay. the room number. <laughs> That's the pen number. Yeah, um, and, and it, well, uh, I'll start with the pin number because it'll make it easier, I think. Um, eight five seven. Eight five two seven. three two. Two three two. Zero one five five. Now that's the pin number. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's not a phone number, so don't call the phone right. number. Um, right. The phone number is 646. You have the 408 yeah. number, Tom. 408. We've been saying the 408 all night. Really? Okay. Uh, 408 638 0968. So that's the same number as you earlier. It's just a different pen. Okay. Got it. <laughs> no, yeah. no. Th- yeah, that's right. It's a different pen. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. You picked up on that. <laughs> hey, Rance, could you text me that, please? Certainly, Dave, and the thumb. Right a little off Thank early. you, sir. And text it really fast. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir.
Well, you did whiz it by him, and it made it sound like it was a phone number, and it wasn't. Well, we put the phone number out. We put the room number out before on the same call, so it just, that was oh, a yeah. 857 number. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, is that uh, Tuesday night? Is that the Gail call? Yeah, Gail yeah. Uh, runs that call. And uh, yeah, what time she is has, that? She has a good call. 8 Central. Thank you. Even after the call is over, people stay on there until midnight talking. Uh, yeah. Dave can be a, a testament to that one. Yeah, that, that's that's another good thing about these, these calls is if you have a question, he is afraid to answer or give their, you know, their... I wouldn't say legal advice, but their experience, and, and you know, the, you got a lot of experience in this government right now that I've that I've seen, years of experience, and to me, it's priceless. I, I know I don't ask a lot of questions on these calls. I choose to listen for now, uh, but that's just because I'm a firm believer in you know, due, again, due diligence. You know, you have to do your own your own research. You have to. It's so important. That and knowing who you are. If I may ask a question. This uh, United States of America government uh, uh, organization, how do they interact or associate in any way with the Union States uh, project? Uh, are you familiar with the Union States people? Where uh, the goal is uh, uh, establishing delegates for the 13 original states? And uh, uh, is there any association between those groups? We don't associate with those. And the union states? We don't associate with them. You do not associate with them? We did. Right. We did try to associate with them, Mm -hmm. but they argue over words for weeks at a time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they argue over, they don't get anything done. So what we did was, um, and they still haven't connected themselves to the original union or the original states, that we haven't seen that yet. So we tried to help them out a little bit and say, look, you got to go this way or that direction. Then they started arguing about that. Yeah. And then they split up and then they started arguing about this. And <laughs> so yeah. what we did was to say, okay, when you guys want to get this done, you just let us know. We're going to get moving. we we got to get moving here. So. That was that was like three or four years ago, and now, what, last we've heard of them. And may, we don't know I may ask a similar question with the uh, what do you think about the uh, what is it called the National Liberty Alliance with that guy? What's the gentleman's name? It's uh, with that the um, John something. John Durash. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's we've we've tried to help him, mm-hmm. but they don't they don't uh, they don't get involved. They no, don't I think do they're, I they, think they're, their principle is that they want to uh, just uh, go along to get along with the existing uh, de facto colorable government that are, you know, just uh, uh, running ramshot over so many people, you know, as, as they're, I guess, they got the titles of uh, ownership. They think they got the titles of ownership for well, everybody. If you want to see something cool, compare the U.S. flag to the East India Company flag and go from there. Yeah, that's always a good one. And then compare the Hawaiian flag to it. That's that's really uh, pretty wild. We talked to them, too. We tried, We actually helped them quite a bit, and um, they got in with the U.N. That uh, they were, That's why they're so close to recognition, because we helped them out. 
to get recognized as an independent state. Or they wanted their nation back. But what's stopping them is their flag. I told them, I said, you got to change your flag. I said, I, I did some research on your flag and embedded back to the Netherlands and the Dutch East Indies Trading Company. I said, you've got you've to change that. And they won't change it. So, okay, there you go. Can't do anything about it. I can't do anything until they, they finally realize, oh, wait a minute, our kingdom, our because our, they don't want to um, uh, recognize that their, their queen, that they're claiming was the queen at the time, got her throne from the company, from the <laughs> trading company, from the Netherlands, and they're vetted back to there. So they're trying to gain independence when actually they're just nothing more than an independent uh, company. Yeah, they want to keep oh, their tradition going. They want to keep the tradition going. Yeah. And so they're really going out on their own and uh, and starting their own nation and their own flag. So, yeah, we, we uh, I talked to one of their representatives. We got them changed around to where they were they, – they, they stopped trying to uh, go after the U.S. military uh, for war crimes and all this other junk. And I said, look, I said, all those people are dead. I said, so why don't you just let that go? And start brand new. And when they did, they started getting a whole lot more cooperation. And then the newspaper came out and said that they were uh, contemplating uh, independence for the Hawaiian people. And I don't know what's happened since then. I haven't been following it. But um, but yeah, we had a lot to do with that. Getting them, uh, getting their relations changed because their relations was you screwed us over or you screwed our, our people over. Uh, that happened 100 years ago, and now we want vengeance. And I said, that's not the way you're going you're gonna to get this done. That's not going to happen, buddy. And they recognized that, and they agreed. There's five different nations over there. They got five different different uh, chiefs and all this other stuff. And I said, why don't you guys create a union under one constitution? I said, that way you have a, a, um, a what do you call it? A, uh, ah, it's a word for it. But anyways, um, uh, it's an intern continental agreement. I can't remember the, the actual legal term for it, but I said, why don't you do that? And they go, well, there's too many arguing because each one of the, the chiefs are saying that he's the original, so he wants to be in charge. I said, okay, well, that, that fight will go on for a couple of years, so give me a call when that's over. <laughs> give me a call, and then we'll work on, you know, something else, and we'll go forward from there. So, yeah, they just have a little infighting. If I may ask and, a question. And when you have that, you don't get anything done. Did you know you can bet that flag, uh, the red, white, and blue? You can bet that all the way back uh-huh. to Egypt, back to the you pyramids. Can, yeah, you can bet that back to Egypt and the pyramids. That's right. The same flag. And that's, a slave, that's, what, slave. that's where the Illuminati gets its claim. Yeah, that's a slaveholding flag. That's where the Illuminati gets its claim from, the, from Horus, the eye of Horus and all that? If I may, yeah. That's pretty interesting. But I, I ask a practical question regarding the uh, the uh, the title of ownership uh, for the peop- for the uh, persons, uh, the U.S. citizens. Uh, how do you rectify that with the uh, authenticated birth certificate? Okay, you know we know that's that's for a non-human entity. The birth certificate. There's no human name on there, right? Yeah, that, that, that doesn't work. That's a total. That's a total farce. That's, that's is the it? whole um, authentication of the birth certificate. I don't mm-hmm. know who came up with that. But <laughs> you haven't signed it. 
you didn't sign it, so um, you you know you wanted to authenticate it for whatever reason. But do do they in fact have an account? Do they in fact have birth certificate accounts with a lot of money? No, 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 not even close. If there was if there was any money in it, if somebody else created created the account, therefore you won't be able to write a check on it. Yeah, I yeah, know that, but I thought there, I thought there was like some kind of a, I forgot, like some acronym that you look it up, and some people looked theirs up, and I, they stated that they had like over a billion dollars in these accounts. I know they're trying. I know they're security. Sure. I know the one lady, uh, Carol, uh, she uh, checked on these documents for her. Uh, Grandson, three-year-old grandson. He had ninety-five felony. I think it was ninety-five felonies. Yeah, and uh, we, we, she's on, she's on our, um, on our, uh, our website. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. We talked to her for quite a while. So what's the deal with that? I'm wondering what the, what are they doing with all the? Are they generating money for that? Or is there money? Does money involve? Yeah, her, money involved with that? With those yeah, certificates? No. Well, you've heard of money laundering, right? Yeah. It's organized crime. Oh, that should that should give you an idea of what, what that's all about. Yeah. Where do you think all that money's going from Afghanistan coffee field? For the what? For the Didn't Afghan coffee, uh, coffee field. Why do you, yeah, why do you think the military's there? They're not there to free Afghanistan. They don't care about Afghanistan. They're there to protect the coffee field. Yeah, for the uh, yeah. trading company, the British East India Company, or is that are they still in business? Those guys, British East India. Well, they just they just do business in the United States now. Oh, <laughs> they changed so, their name. Actually, um, L C I A D A. Okay. <laughs> but you got um, this was right on the federal news one time. We really got to get off this. We're way over time here. Um, but uh, they were, they were on the news when the military got there. They were running eighteen hundred tons. And after they got there, they were running 2,300, 2,400 tons of uh, coffee and the coffee fields for the heroin. So that when they got there, because the Taliban was supposed to do all that, and they decided they weren't going to do it, uh, 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 they weren't going to protect the coffee fields. And so they had to send the U.S. military over there to secure all that so that they could get the production running again. That's all that was happening. That's all Afghanistan has. It has nothing to do with freedom for America. Hmm. Yep, yep, that's absolutely true. And if anybody wants to go, if anybody wants to go online, you can go online and look up the heroin epidemic in America and look at how the numbers rose after we went over there. Oh, it's awful. Mm-hmm. I hear everybody's everybody's in jail for had all these prisons are all filled up with heroin people. Heroin, well, heroin, heroin. Everything's heroin. Heroin clients, heroin uh, trustees. Yeah. yeah, and the cemeteries are filling with uh, heroin overdoses. Yeah, you, young, you know, you know why that is. Children. In, in a practical point, you know those. Uh, uh, you ever read poppy seeds? We buy them by the pound. Guess what kind of poppies they come from? They're all opium poppy seeds. All those poppy seeds. Poppies, poppies. Well, yeah. Well, let's wrap this up. Hey, it's been guys, three hours. Appreciate having you on. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, rants. I know. Um, I 
I guess I owe you one. (laughs) 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 All right. And, uh, yep, everybody can find a link for this call on uh, the Tactical Sovereignty talk show. And as well, uh, I guess they're going to put it up on the T-Row. So uh, we appreciate it, guys. And um, like I said before, the most important thing is to learn where you're from, where you're at, and who you are. And uh, as Keith says, uh, say good night, fellas. Good night, everyone. Good night, Thanks again. Good night. Good night, guys. Good night. Great call. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Good night. If I could. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.